Love Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And now the night owl, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews from professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What is up, Wrestle Talk Podcast family? Nightmare Jones here once again. It is Tuesday night. We've got a great, great, great episode for you tonight. As always, we got the high spot segment. We got so much stuff we got to talk about tonight. Uh, we got the the Shoot and Shout segment, the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Fantasy Wrestling segment. And if that's not enough for you, ladies and gentlemen, we've got longtime Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling promoter Herb Simmons coming on. He's already a, a part of the Wrestle Talk Podcast family. He's coming back on. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on with Herb Simmons. And then we've got Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame representative Xavier Falls coming on. He's going to be talking about the, the, the Hall of Fame and... All kinds of, of, of stuff. It, it, it's going to be absolutely amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for it, ladies and gentlemen. If you could do one thing for me, grab whatever you're drinking, whether it's beer, water, soda, whatever it is. Hopefully it's in the Rest of Talk Podcast mug. If not, get yourself one at WrestleTalkPodcast.com and, uh, Let's let's do a chug for the Russia Talk podcast. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Let me tell you. Anyway, let's go ahead and bring in the man, the myth, the legend, the night owl. Anton Jimmy, if you could please hit that music. Here, 
in about 25 or 30 minutes. Let me tell you, Jonesy, I'm particularly excited about this week's show, bro. There is so much pro wrestling to talk about. I don't even know where to start. So let me do the right thing. Instead of just doing what I want to do, because, you know, I tend to do that a lot, Josie. I just, I just like to do what I like to do. But we got to give many props to many of the people that helped make the WrestleTalk podcast possible. First and foremost, the members of the WrestleTalk family, all of you who are watching, sharing, hitting the like button, hitting the hearts during this broadcast, we thank you and we love you. Also, for those of you who happen to be listening to us on the replay, we appreciate and love you just the same. All that being said, the Conspiracy Farm with Pat Milicic and uh, Jeffrey Wilson, thank you guys for supporting us for such a long time. You guys are having a tremendous amount of success, so much so that they were recently mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast, if you can believe it. That's right. They were mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast. That goes to show you that the conspiracy farm are doing big things. And we got a little bit of of news earlier this week. It sounds like Pat Milicic may be stepping back inside the octagon. Make sure you guys look them up for more information on that. Up next, man, as you guys know, the night of Royal Rumble, we're going to be doing one of our, um, our renowned pro wrestling watch parties. Uh, up to date, we've had a lot of success with these shows. We've had a lot of wonderful people show up, sign autographs, right? We've had Leo D in the building. We've had KLD in the building. We've had Mike Outlaw, Major Bazin back in the NWL days. We've had Kurt Gannon. We've had Gil Rogers. Man, you never know who's going to show up next, but really, whether there are professional wrestling stars there or not, you got to show love to esports, man. They always host the best watch parties, courtesy of the Wrestle Talk podcast, in conjunction with the FWWC. We love you, B Will. We can't wait to see you. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this watch party, man. The Royal Rumble is usually one of our better ones. So if you don't already have your tickets, go over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash events and grab your pre sale ticket. before the 24th. That's $5 before the 24th. And before I go on, I actually do have some details, and I know you guys are anxious to move on to high spots and all that sort of thing, and we'll get there, so hang with me. But I got to give huge props to my boys over at Kincaid because not only are you guys going to be able to get in early for 5 bucks, okay, not only are you going to be able to watch the pay-per-views, Unlimited gameplay for an additional $5 on PlayStation and on Xbox. But you're also going to have the opportunity to win a WrestleTalk podcast mug. You're also going to have the opportunity to win a ticket to AEW when it comes into Kansas City. And then my personal favorite giveaway is going to be a three-parter. It's three collectible professional wrestling items. The first one is a uh, Nikolai Volkov from 1984, and that is uh, by LJN Toys. This is one of the very first original professional wrestling toys from the 80s. This thing is significantly bigger than the action figures that they make these days, and it is in fantastic condition. 
Number two, the best of WrestleMania, number one through four in the VHS version. I know a lot of you guys don't have VHS or, or VHS player. That's fine. You can watch all that stuff on the WWE Network. But just having the VHS in your hand, man, it is amazing. I have a few of them that I've collected, the Rise and Fall of ECW. There's a couple of here up on my shelf. Having those VHS tapes, whether you watch them or not, is really, really cool and really nostalgic. And the last thing is a three-pack of TNA Knockout trading cards, and each one is guaranteed to have at least one autograph on it. So if five bucks seemed a little steep on the pre-sale, if seven seems a little steep at the door, you can walk out with an AEW ticket or a WrestleTalk podcast mug or three collectible pro wrestling items, dude. You really can't beat that. I think it's about as good as it gets. And the best part of it all, the RKO will be served for my friends who like the uh, the adult beverages. There's going to be wings. There's going to be nachos. And the best environment to watch professional wrestling anywhere outside of Wrestle or Royal Rumble itself is going to be at Esports in Shawnee, Kansas. So those are my shout-outs to our sponsors, man. I'm super-duper grateful for all the support that we get. Um, we, really, we wouldn't be here without the fam, and we wouldn't be here without them. So. Thank you guys very, very much. All that said, Jonesy, I think it is time to do what we always do and ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. That's America, damn it. Timmy, it's time to get into the hot spot segment. Let's get it going. Interim Timmy, hit that music for us, Luke. Champion. 
and oh my goodness, it has been a it, it, it it's been a good week for Tessa Blanchard, but then again, it's been a bad week for Tessa Blanchard. But let's go ahead and start getting into the good week for Tessa Blanchard. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on Tessa Blanchard becoming the uh, brand new Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Champion? Uh, Jonesy, that is a loaded question, and I, I want to invite the members of the Wrestle Talk family, no matter where you're checking in from. Uh, again, shout out to Cody out in Kansas. Shout out to my man Gary. Shout out to Shelly. Shout out to Dylan. I love you guys so much, man. I want everybody to be a part of the show today. I don't care if you're calling in to promote another show. If you can make time, I want you to dial that number, and that number is 657 383 one five two one. Again, that's six five seven three eight three one five two one to join the show. Okay, because no matter what you want to talk about, that's what High Spots is here for. That's what this segment was created so that you could participate and talk about anything in the world of professional wrestling with us right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Now, to answer your question, Jonesy, it is a very loaded. Why? Because I've been called a traditionalist. I've, I've been called kind of an old fart that doesn't like to see things evolve and change. And there's a part of me that still feels like there should be like a men's division and a women's division. But just like in everything, sometimes there's the potential for a crossover. And this crossover, the crossover from women into competing with men is not anything new. We've always seen it. We've seen it in pro wrestling dating back 20 or 30 years. The difference now is, is that the women athletically, the gap is shrinking. Back in the day, guys were real big, and women, for the most part, were pretty small. Nowadays, you're getting a lot of smaller guys and bigger women. So the gap in size and strength is starting to shrink a little bit, which I think facilitates these sorts of matchups. Would I like to see Charlotte Flair versus Braun Strowman? No. <laughs> if that was the match, even though they're both pretty damn good at what they do, it just doesn't make sense. But when you have a Tessa Blanchard at her size, weight, and skill level, and Sammy Callahan at his size, weight, and skill level, I think they're compatible. And I think they did a phenomenal job. And I think that it's a shame that this accomplishment is being overshadowed by the negativity, whether it's true or not. But it's a shame that it's being overshadowed by the negativity, not from the fans, but from fellow performers. And the fact that they chose her weekend, the weekend, of the biggest impact show in the last couple of years, I think Mm -hmm. it's a little embarrassing, and I think it shows a little bit of jealousy from some of the gals that decided to do that. And I am going to name some names um, okay. at the risk of these people never wanting to come on the show. But it's fine because we're spitting facts. And shout out to J.J. McGuire for giving us credit. Because J.J. McGuire, who's a former guest, well-respected member of the pro wrestling community, said, shout out to the Wrestle Talk podcast for not making shit up and keeping it 100. We appreciate that, J.J. We take a lot of pride in that. So, Impact Post, this is via Forbes. Angle, Sting, Joe, Foley, Styles, RVD, Hardy, Anderson, Storm, Rude, Aries, Bully Ray, Sabin, Magnus, Young, Lashley, EC3, Hardy, 
Galloway, Edwards, Patrone, Drake, Pentagon, Cage, Callahan, and now Tessa Blanchard. Quite the who's who of former Impact champions. Add Tessa Blanchard to that list. Now, who were the detractors? Well, Chelsea Green, Allison Kay, mm-hmm. Black Rose, who, if I'm not mistaken, was the one that was allegedly spat at and called a racial slur. Okay? And Sha- Shayna. Was it Shauna or Shayna? I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if that's the Shayna from that you guys all know from NXT. It's, it's S-H-A-N-N-A. I'm not familiar with her. But these are all the people that had something to say about Tessa Blanchard in a moment that was supposed to be nothing short of the best professional moment of her career. They mm-hmm. tried to take away from it. They tried to take away from it. And even though they may have been justified because the story could very much be true, I think timing speaks. And the fact that they chose that moment it is a little sad for me because there's a lot been said over the last couple of years about cancel culture. And pro wrestling is kind of a microcosm of the world in general. And the, and the cancel culture thing has been kind of hot over the last couple of years, and that's exactly what they tried to do to Tessa. Fortunately, though, I think she's come out the backside of it better for it. Okay. Because she did issue a statement, Jonesy. She, she did issue a statement to Forbes, and I'm going to read it for the fans because maybe you guys don't do as much digging as we do. Here was um, kind of her, her statements. Uh, immediately after winning the championship, this is when Hard to Kill went off the air. It says, over the past eight months, this has been my life. Sammy and OVE have been a thorn in my side, and tonight we did it. Nobody, and I repeat, nobody in this life is perfect. We're all human, and it doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you call me. I have one of the strongest minds that I've ever known. So whatever, you, so whenever you come after me, you you come for all these people. So all the people that support her. I am okay. now the standard bearer of Impact Wrestling, and man or woman, pound for pound, I am one of the best in the world, and I am now your world champion. A very okay. subtle yet direct response to the haters. Okay. She apparently is not paying too much attention to some of these allegations dating back to 2017. I'm not saying it's okay, bro. I'm not saying that if she did that, it's all right, because I'd say about 65% of my of my pool are minorities. Like, when I say my pool, are like my friends, right? Like my peeps, right? About 65%. But, bro, come on. Clearly, you brought this out to try to tear her down. Had you done this three weeks ago or had you done it three weeks from the day, then I would have been a little bit more inclined to be like, ah, man, Tessa, you know, bad look on you. But clearly they okay. did this to try to tear her down, and I don't like that, bro, because no matter what I'm... mistake she made in the past, she's clearly regretting it because she's apologized. I believe they've even squashed the beef, her and the person that she had the situation with, and it's three years ago, so come on. Let, let's move on and let's enjoy this moment. It's not only huge for women 
but it's huge for the sport of professional wrestling as a whole, whether you agree with a woman being the heavyweight champion or not. Those are my okay. thoughts. I'd love to hear from the members of the WrestleTalk family. What about you, Jonesy? Well, here's where I'm going to disagree with you, Renee. And, and you know, and, 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 and it's totally fine for us to have a difference of opinions. My thing is this. None of this would have ever came out if Tessa Blanchard did not put out a tweet saying, hey, women, try supporting one another. Cool things can happen. When she put out that tweet, that to them was for being a hypocrite, and that tweet is what caused all this stuff to come out. If she did not put out that tweet, none of this would have happened, and you know, it, it, it's not a allegation because it obviously happened. Because you know, Allison K talked talked about it. Uh, the lady that happened to to talk talk talked about it. Uh, even Big Swole from uh, Women of Wrestling was there, and when she heard about it, she she uh, said said stuff about it. So. Well, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. Once again, if she didn't make such a hypocritical tweet, then none of this would have even came out. That's what 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 I'm trying trying to to say. And you know, maybe they have uh, patched things 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 up. And I feel that this is something that is probably just going to be swept underneath of the rug and. After a while, everybody's just going to completely forget about it. So, you know, but I understand where you're coming from. My issue is if she didn't make that tweet, then none of this would have even came out. Uh, I can can understand that, Jonesy. And, you know, maybe she was poking the bear. Uh, Maybe it was a situation where maybe she thought people forgot. (laughs) It's what it sounds like to me. And... Somebody decided to do this and call her to the carpet. So maybe it's well-deserved. But what I do know additionally, Joe, is that this doesn't take away from the moment. She accomplished something that is almost unprecedented. Not that I'm excusing her behavior from 2017, okay? But what I'm saying is, Let's not take away from how special this moment is, not just for her, but for the pro wrestling community. And kudos to Sammy Callahan, a guy that a lot of people criticize for being difficult to work with, for being kind of a, a you know an outlaw mud show. You guys know where all that comes from, right? But Sammy Callahan gets a lot of criticism for what he does and doesn't do in the world of professional wrestling. And let me tell you something: I went to a pro wrestling revolver show. And he was at the front desk taking and ripping tickets, okay? Shaking hands, not being afraid to mix it up with the fans. And then two weeks later, he takes the one, two, three to a gal. And I don't know how many guys out there are comfortable enough with themselves to allow that to happen. So kudos to her for having that moment, and kudos to him for being the guy that was on the other end of it. That's just my opinion. Outside of that, I really am disgusted with the comments that she made, if they are indeed confirmed. I don't know what could have been going through her mind, 
I think sometimes when people get into character, especially if they're running heel, things can get a little out of hand. It's like when people drink, they may say, they may say things that otherwise they would have filtered if they weren't. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're racist. Hulk Hogan, for example, said some dumb shit after smoking a joint and drinking a couple of beers. We ought to understand that what he said and what he did was wrong, but he's been forgiven. Everybody pretty much has moved on, and I think that's, like you said, Jonesy, is exactly what's going to happen with Tessa. Because you know what? She really has climbed up through the ranks. She really has become one of the most recognizable names in the world of professional wrestling. And guess what? She's just getting started. She's in her mid-20s, for God's sake. She's got so much room to grow, and maybe a lot of people will be nice to her and chalk it up to just some immaturity. And then, of course, there's always the other side of the coin where other people will just think that she's the worst human being on the planet, they'll think that she's a racist, and they'll never watch Impact again. To each their own, all I'm saying is shame on her for that, but also kudos to her for doing everything she's done since then to try to elevate herself, women, and the sport of professional wrestling on a whole. Those are just my thoughts, Josie. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get a couple of, of the callers on, and uh, we'll, we'll see what, 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 what their thoughts on what they want to talk to before we get on uh, Herb Simmons. So, Dylan, you are live on the Wrestle Talk Podcast with John Renee. What's going on, sir? What do you, what do you got for us tonight? How you guys doing? Good. What's up, brother? What's up? Hey, uh, I agree with, a, with basically points on both sides that it was not definitely not right what she did. I definitely think it's going to be eventually pushed under the rug, um, you know, and forgotten about over time. It's going to take time. But going what you said, um, not only was it big for Tessa Blanchard to win that, it was big not only for TNA, but for professional wrestling. I mean, the last time we saw a woman, you know, winning that kind of belt was China for the Intercontinental title. Uh, so to see that, I mean, for the heavyweight title, you know, now it, it begs the question now if those, you know, the speculations are true, which it seems like they are, uh, how long do they keep her reign? Where do they go from here? You know, that's true. That's, that's that's the question I would ask. Is with all that being said, where where do they go now? You know, and they, she's got so much momentum. Do you turn her heel now, like full blown heel? I know she's kind of been leaning towards that already, but I mean, where where do you go now with all that hatred from everybody towards what happened? Well, I know that 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 I believe that her next match is going to be against. Uh, uh, the uh, Impact Wrestling Women's Champion Taya Valkyrie, so that should be a really good, good match. It's it's not like it's it's not title for title, but but that one should should be a, a pretty good, good match because they're they're both really, really good wrestlers. And I also agree with uh, the timing of it. The timing of it seems a little fishy, where you know this happens, this comes out, you know it's happened in the past, and it comes out when she wins the belt, not only the belt, but the biggest, probably one of the biggest things in TNA history, you know, and that's, you know, that's what's a little fishy. And especially since now TNA with this happening is, has all the eyes of the wrestling fans looking on them. 
and then now you have, you know, something so negative happening after the biggest night of their, you know, of their whole production career. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, Dylan, Dylan, let me, let me jump in and ask you a question, Dylan. You, you have the opportunity to be around a lot of very successful and prominent professional wrestlers in what you do. Do you think that there's any possibility that, and I know what Joe said about the tweet, I get it. But you think there's yeah. any possibility that some of her detractors, some of the other women in the, in, in the sport that are maybe a little bit jealous of her, that they may have just taken this opportunity, yep. okay, taken the opportunity to bury her on the biggest weekend of her career? Do you think there's any truth yep. to, the, to the, 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 the accusation that they waited to try to – throw water on her fire when it was burning the hottest? Well, first thing I'm going to say is I definitely, based on the research I've done on, on my end, I definitely think that it was said. I think it was it was said. But on the other hand, going to what you said, see, if you're going to be jealous of another female in this industry, what bigger platform than the first female in TNA winning the world title? I mean, that – if you're going to be – and not only that, but based on some of her tweets and the way she presents herself, she comes off a little pompous and cocky. So I could see how some of the other ladies in the, in the dressing room would not like somebody like that getting that spot and getting that representation. Maybe some of them felt that uh, she got that spot because of her dad. Maybe uh, some of them felt that – you know, I don't know what, but – there's definitely when you read some of her the stuff that she says, you get that kind of and I don't know if it's character or not, but you get that kind right. of confident, overconfident, pompous kind of attitude from her. And that I definitely agree with you. That could be them, you know, jealous and and cuz the timing, the timing of it is so particular, you know. Very curious, isn't it? Very very curious. Yeah. All right. Makes you think. Well, well, Dylan, before we let you before we let you go, man, uh, what do you have going on in the world of pro wrestling? I know you keep yourself pretty busy uh, over there in Troy uh, with our friends at WOW. By the way, I had such a great time hanging out with you at Night of Champions last year. Can't wait to do it again in 2020. Uh, what's going on on your side of the state, man? What's coming up for uh, WOW, and what are you what are you going to be doing? Well, we have uh, – I'm basically running sound. I'm not doing as much of commentary because I've been working my full-time job and doing a lot of stuff, but uh, actually I'm lead singer of a rock band. Uh, we're touring around St. Louis, uh, and we're going to be doing America's Got Talent. I mean, I know this is kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but uh, I wanted to pursue oh, no, my no. Uh, career. As, I wanted to pursue my career as a singer. I, uh, You know I've been a wheelchair, right? I lost 15 and a half pounds and, uh, you know, in the best shape of my life, and I uh, did it so I don't have to be in a wheelchair as much, and I'm uh, in a band called Three and a Half Men. And uh, we're an alternative <laughs> rock band, and I'm, so I'm obviously the half. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and and at WLW, we do have our next event is is this Saturday. Um, I'm gonna be there. I'll be running sound for that event. Um, so we have that this next Saturday on the 18th. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been busy, man. I've been doing help trying to help out as much as I can with the wrestling, and then doing my day job and then you know now I'm, I'm writing music and and you know packing bars out and rocking it out <laughs> so, awesome hell freaking yeah brother 
I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Come see us sometime, man. Uh, three and a half men. I'll I'll put you in the front row and sing to you. <laughs> <laughs> man, nothing nothing would make my 2020 better than that feeling highly singing to me, man, like a serenade or something. That'd be fantastic. All right, I mean, well, be, we love you, brother. Mark it, off your, mark it off your bucket list, man. Mark it off your bucket list. Have a, a little man singing to you. Nobody gets that. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, thanks again for joining us today, man. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. I'll be listening. All right, man. See you. All right. Wow, dude. Dylan calling. All right, so we got one more caller, and then, oh, yeah, we, we got one more call, and then we're going to get into Herb Simmons. So this is a good friend of, of yours, Renee. Like, you absolutely love when this person comes on. Ladies and gentlemen, coming on to the Russell Talk podcast right now is a man by the name of Nigel. What's going on, Nigel? How you doing, sir? Joe, thanks so much for having me on. Renee, you complete tosser. I mean, <laughs> what are you ta- really? What are you talking about? What am I talking about? Let's. Let's break this down, shall we? All right. So Okay, but before you go, before you go on, before you go on, allow me to say that I'm sorry to hear about the discord with the royal family. And number two, could you please speak proper English when you call into the Wrestle Talk podcast? Oh my goodness. All right, I'll speak proper English like you eat no talk talk. I'm gonna talk the way you're supposed (laughs) to talk when you pick the tea (laughs) into the rivers, yeah, wankers. Not one of you knows what's going on. Relax, so, Nigel, all, just relax think, a little bit, bro. I, I don't think I'm ever I don't think I ever expected to use this sentence in my life. Uh but I I, I think Jonesy might actually be the most intelligent person on this podcast. Uh, I mean Yes. Yes <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, uh, I can't dispute that. I cannot dispute that. For once, Nigel, we agree. He is highly intelligent. Renee, I get that this is a very big moment for Tessa Blanchard. I get that. And I get that it's a very big moment for Impact. It is definitely one of the biggest moments in professional wrestling for women wrestlers ever since China won the Intercontinental Championship. I don't think there's ever been a moment quite like this in professional wrestling uh, and absolutely deserves to be trumpeted at the same time every single person that I've heard championing Tessa Blanchard has had a penis every single one and that immediately makes me say huh I don't hear any of the ladies come to her defense Although we've only had a few ladies come out and say, oh, no, she's been terrible to me. I haven't heard a lady come out and say, ooh, ooh, no, no, Tessa's been all right to me. Other ladies are strangely silent. If this was a matter of people being jealous, which, by the way, I don't know all the ladies involved with, but I happen to know Chelsea Green personally. Chelsea and I were in India together. Chelsea's... A down-to-earth, very level, very decent human being. So if she makes a statement like, you know, oh, you mean like supporting us, like talking about people behind their backs? 
other wrestlers, including myself, doing what you can to diminish them. I, I really think that it's not a matter of timing. It's a matter of Tessa Blanchard just made the mistake of, as Jones said, treating the wrong thing, being a little bit puffed up, being a little bit pompous about it. See, ladies, this is what you get if you can support each other and do everything to make sure we as women go far in the wrestling industry. And then all of a sudden, people went, wait a minute, that doesn't work for me. That's not what I've experienced at the hands of Tessa Blanchard. And they came forward and said something. Now, I'm not saying emphatically, yes, Tessa Blanchard's a terrible human being. I, I, I wasn't there for any of the comments. I wasn't present on any of these things. Uh, now, we do have one instance in which there's corroborating evidence that, yes, All right. this, this comment that she made, this racial slur she made, and this spitting at this woman, uh, she made that. It, it, and my guess is it was something done in the ring, it was something done for heat, and it was completely ignorant to do that. You don't use racial slurs for heat unless you don't know how to do your job. Uh, and I have a very hard time believing that Tessa Blanchard, even in 2017, didn't know how to do her job. Uh, whether or not that means that she feels that way as a, as a normal human being, or whether or not that's just something where young in the business and froze and said the first heat-generating thing that she could think of, which also happens to be the worst thing you could say. You don't bring race into it. You bring race into it, especially in a situation where people come back. And this is this is the two thousands. Now we're in the the twenties. We're we're talking about a time where if you say the wrong thing in social media, if you say the wrong thing in public, it can be reported and it can be shared back out at you, and it can diminish and or destroy a career. This was something very evident in 2017, something she should have known better than to do. So I, my, my ultimate stance on this is it's wonderful for Tessa Blanchard. I'm surprised, given all the, the heat that started generating out of it, that TNA went forward with it, Impact went forward with it, uh, because... A lot of wrestling companies, the minute that somebody's accused of a racial slur, I mean, one of the greatest American professional wrestlers, uh, at least as far as a, a personality, entertainment, and charisma is concerned, his Hall of, Hall of Fame induction disappeared after a recorded promise when he was, I believe you said, uh, uh, high after a couple of beers. He made a racial slur, and you, next day he was gone after it was announced, gone off of the Hall of Fame website. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very surprised. It's good for Tessa that the company believes in her well enough to, to, to follow through with their plan. Um, what I really hope that they do with it is that they do not turn it into real heat. She so, made a mistake as a human being. I agree. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, and you know what, Nigel? I 
I actually have several more questions to ask you because I know you have an incredible mind for the sport. One of them, and, and unfortunately we don't have the time, but I do want to bring you back on in the second hour if you're available. I know you're a very busy man. I know you're always traveling. But I'm curious if this isn't the result of the freedom that a lot of the talent are given now compared to what we saw 20 or 30 years ago. Some of the stuff that these guys and girls are able to do in Japan and at AEW and at GCW and at CCW, I think has its benefit, right? Because it keeps you edgy. It kind of gives you that attitude era feel. But if it was one of those things where she said it in a moment to draw heat, I think that freedom can also be just enough rope to hang yourself with. Nigel, if you're available, we would love to have you back in the second hour. Just shoot me a message, let me know, and we'll cut out another five or ten minutes for you. Is that all right? Um, I'll see what I can do. I'm actually about to walk into the gym, but uh, I'll see what I can do, provided you don't mind listening to me wheeze and puff my way through a weight set. <laughs> you got it. Well, if we don't hear from you again tonight, man, thank you so much for calling in, and please send our regards to the queen. Absolutely. I, I, I really... I thought you lived with that fellow. No, no. <laughs> the Queen of England. Get your, come oh, on, man. Why you always got to mess with me when you come on here? Ladies and gentlemen, the leader of the Rabbit Empire, the one and only Nigel Rabbit. Nigel, thank you for coming on, man. You have a good night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why, that guy always gets me, bro. He always gets me. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our first Special guest of the show, uh, Renee. Why don't you go ahead and do what you do best and introduce Mr. Herb Simmons? No, no doubt about it. And first of all, let me apologize to all the people that have been waiting patiently for Herb Simmons. We're running about uh, 11 minutes late on this interview, and, and I'm very sorry, guys. It's just it's a very passionate conversation uh, about pro wrestling uh, intertwined with race. Okay. And I know that other podcasts steer away from this sort of stuff. Here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, we are we consider ourselves to be blue collar and about as real as it gets. Uh, no gimmicks required, as the uh, Twitter uh, description says. Okay, so when there are topics like this, we're going to do our very best to address them respectfully and maturely. Okay, so regardless of how you feel, just know that the Wrestle Talk podcast is a place that you can come and express your opinion. You saw me and Jonesy, we didn't agree, and Nigel had a completely different take from the both of us. And it was okay for all of us to be able to come to the table and have the conversation. That's what the Wrestle Talk podcast is all about. That's what it's all about. That said, folks, like Jonesy told, told you guys just a second ago, it's time for our second featured interview of the evening. And doing a proper introduction for a gentleman like this is very difficult. All I can say is, he is an inductee this year, 2020, into the Mid, uh, Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And he's already one of the most respected promoters in pro wrestling history. And I'm not just talking about the Midwest, folks. That's why people like Tito Santana, when they get a call from Herb Simmons, they show up. Damn! When Ron Simmons gets a phone call from Herb Simmons, he answers, and he shows up just like he did last weekend. Oh, that's right, and wah, wah. even Big Daddy Cool Diesel, when he gets a phone call, 
from Herb Simmons, he shows up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in one of our very favorite members of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling's very own Herb Simmons. What's up, Mr. Simmons? How you doing, sir? Well, I must say it uh, it only took me uh, 47 years uh, next month uh, to get an uh, induction like that and uh, intro, being introduced. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Not, uh, not sure if it's uh, that well uh, deserved, but, uh, you know, as I said before, it's always an honor to be on your guys' show because it is the number one podcast out there if you want the uh, latest and greatest information in our uh, business of professional wrestling and uh, truly I, I was glad I had time tonight to uh, to be a guest on there so uh, again thank you both absolutely you know and, and and I'm just mad at myself that I still haven't been able to come see a SICW show I'm still mad at myself about that well, you better be careful, or we may come to you and bring a show to where you're at. You might, you might, but, but if if you do, if you do, can you please do me a favor and make sure that you bring the volatile Curtis Brown because he is my favorite wrestler. Well, you know, uh, I, I I can't make promises that I can't uh, guarantee. Uh, of course, uh, I will tell you that if I can bring him, uh, he won't have his hair. You have to go there. <laughs> You I bet you like that, Jonesy. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So what has been new, Hub? What has been new, sir? Uh, news is, and what's new is uh, SICW um, is starting off 2020 with a bang. I mean, uh uh, I was um, uh, really pleased that this last Saturday night I was able to uh, help my good friend Tony Costa over at South Broadway Athletic Club and brought, uh, uh, as um, uh, Renee said, uh, one of the all-time great WWE legends, uh, Ron Simmons, uh, my brother from another mother. Uh, and that, that's kind of was his line the other night over there. But uh, great time, uh, great individual, spent a lot of time talking to the fans. And uh, the, what a way to kick off 2020. And um, uh, we got a big show coming up uh, this Saturday night, uh, two big main events, a loser leave town match uh, with a uh, former champion, uh, Flash Flanagan, who is uh, wrestled all over the country, all over the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in uh, he's in a fight of his career here uh, as far as an SICW. If uh, he loses, he's going to be gone for the entire year. Uh, however, it's a handicap match against uh, one of my evil arch enemies, uh, uh, manager Travis Cook and uh, superstar Steve Fender, who was trained by Harley Race. And yes, Travis Cook will be uh, in the ring in his wrestling gear, and he has to wrestle. He can't stand on the apron. And if uh, either him or Steve loses, uh, Travis Herb, Cook's going to be gone for a year. Herb, Herb, mm. let me stop you right there. And I know, Joe, I know it's your go, but if you guys want to see. 
and we all remember this from elementary school. Remember Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. If you wanted to imagine what Humpty Dumpty looked like in real life, and you want to see Humpty Dumpty fall into pieces and never get up again, make sure you guys watch this match with Travis Cook in his wrestling gear because that's exactly what you're going to get. And Jeff Wilson, I see you supporting the Travis Cook organization on our Facebook live feed, and all I can say, sir, is shame on you. Please carry on, gentlemen. I just had to say that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that uh, Travis does have some fans out there, and I'm happy that he does because I think it probably makes him sleep better at night to know he's got one or two. Uh, but uh, come yeah. Saturday night <laughs> – Come Saturday night, he's uh, he's he's got a, a, a real big chore on hand here, and he uh, posted a little thing on social media this week, and you could tell in his voice uh, he's got a little uh, sense of uh, scared, and uh, he rightly so because Flash Flanagan's the real deal, and of course the other uh, big main event uh, Saturday night's the return match between Farmer uh, Champion Curtis Wilde. He said he's gonna proved this Saturday that it was a fluke that uh, the King of Chaos, Ricky Cruz, uh, took the title from him last month. So what a what a two big main events that we got going on. Plus, you know, I, I like to say every uh, match at an SICW card is a main event, and we're going to prove it once again. Uh, this, uh, this coming Saturday, last uh, show, uh, they bought tickets and stood outside the door and looked in the windows. Uh, it was standing room only. So hopefully the great fans of SICW will come out this week and uh, do that again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, if you've never been to SICW show, uh, take Renee's word for it. You you definitely do not know what you are missing. Um, so I guess that, that my next question is, you know, you've been doing this for quite some time. You know, you've, you've been a promoter for, for quite some time, and you're finally getting to go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, what does it feel like to get to go into the Midwest uh, Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, it's uh, it's it's an honor that again I I I don't um, expect those type of things. You know, I I was put in at, in the one over at the South Broadway Athletic Club, um, and then um, I I just you know I have not done that all these years to get that. I mean, I just consider myself a little spoke in the wheel. Uh, the men and women that get in that uh, ring every show, whether it's uh, once a month, once every couple of months, or whether it's weekly or whatever, they're the ones that's uh, putting that out there, and uh, they're um, uh, working out and getting in there and giving the fans what they want to see. Uh, but again, it was an honor uh, when I got uh, told about it. Um, I got to be down there uh, last year when some of my good, dear friends in the business uh, got inducted, uh, like uh, my friend Tony Costa, Keith Smith, Gary Jackson. Uh, I'm honored uh, this year to be going in with uh, uh, Dennis McCarthy, uh, uh, John Blackheart, and uh, Al Ballman from South Broadway Athletic Club. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a good class going in and uh, joining a, a, a bigger class of uh, gentlemen who's already in there. So um uh, i was uh i didn't get to make it this last weekend because i was at south broadway but i was actually inducted into the hall of fame down in uh, tennessee in the omen arena uh usa championship wrestling inducted uh, myself uh, along with uh, cowboy bob orton jr uh jerry the king lawler and a few of the other uh uh people from down in the tennessee area so uh uh when you get a um 
uh, honor like that put up on you, it's it's it's, it's breathtaking because uh, after all these years, it shows that uh, maybe people did has appreciated what you've done. And, um, and I'm just really um, honored to, to be uh, going down there on February 1st uh, uh, in Missouri to uh, to accept that honor. Awesome. The ab- absolutely. Uh, it is definitely a, a huge honor. Before we get Renee in here to ask whatever questions we, he has, uh, we do have a caller that wants to come on and uh, talk about the uh, the SICW show. So are you okay with us bringing in a caller, sir? I'm always uh, interested in hearing somebody talk about SICW as long as it's good. <laughs> All right. Carl, you are live on the Russia Talk podcast. How's it going, sir? Uh, it's going great. And I can tell you, uh, Mr. Simmons, you're guaranteed to uh, be hearing good things about SICW tonight because what I can say is that there's no man more deserving of uh, of an honor of being inducted into uh, the Midwest uh, Hall of Fame and all the other Hall of Fames that you've been inducted in. Um, I can I can speak personally that uh, your shows are the best. They're top notch. Uh, family loves uh, coming out and and seeing the the shows that you put on and and the wrestlers and getting to know those people and autographs and all those things and uh, we just we really enjoy uh, the SICW shows. Just just can't wait for them to come up and. And I had to be honest with you because we we've checked out a few other of the shows that that have been around. And um, as a matter of fact, we were down at uh, at one um, in let's see, I guess it was maybe December in Waterloo, um, Illinois. I don't know if you heard about that one or not, but it was there at the uh, the VFW and not family friendly at all. Um, as a matter of fact, there was um, wrestlers breaking light bulbs and. Um, cursing in front of the kids and all kinds of chaos and the cops had to be called and one thing I can tell your listeners and and her uh, props to you for putting on a show that's family friendly family oriented um, that that's a just a load of fun great entertainment all night long Uh, you don't want to miss out on it that's for sure wow I I appreciate that Uh, and uh, if uh, you've been to our show so uh I appreciate that. I like all the fans. Um, and Renee, I think the uh, time that you were there, you you saw that uh, our fan base. Um, it, uh, that's just exactly what it is. It's a great fan base. It is, and and I'll, and, I'll uh, and Herb, thank you I'll so much for. Nate, let me let me just jump in briefly and just uh, and concur with Herb. Um, listen, I go to a lot of shows, uh, uh, probably more than I would like to admit, and definitely more than what my wife likes. Um, and, and I try to pick my and, and, and listen. I try to pick my spots, but there's something different about what what SICW has going on. Not that it's better or worse than anything else, but it's different. Like it's almost like being in a time machine, and you're going back to a time in professional wrestling when everyone was there to enjoy the show. They weren't there to go viral. They weren't there to you know try to get themselves seen. Or, or anything of that nature, and I'm talking about the talent outside the ring, obviously, right? When people show up to East Crondelette or where they're up, they're up there with Tony at MMWA, people are truly there to enjoy the performance, the art, and the sport of the shows that Herb and the gang are putting together. There's no question in my mind that you guys stick out as one of the shining stars of professional wrestling across the country. 
So you're preaching the choir here, brother, when you say good things about SICW. There's a reason that Herb Simmons is, is, is our guest tonight, one of the very first uh, to kick off the year. And, uh, and, and everything that you say, all the praise is very much warranted. But, but go ahead and, and carry on. Oh, no, that, that's all I had to say. I just I wanted to say thank you to uh, to Herb and, and to you all for your show that you put on and having him on here. And, and uh, Herb, keep up the good work. We're looking forward to the shows in 2020. Well, uh, uh, do me a favor. Uh, if you would, um, um, if you can get uh, his name, Jonesy, I'd like to invite his uh, family. He said he's been to some of our shows, but I'd like for them to come out and be our guest uh, because uh, when you get fans who can uh, speak that good, uh, I want them to uh, reciprocate and, uh, and show them uh, even a better time. So, uh, sir, if you would, uh, give uh, uh, Jonesy your uh, name, and I'll make sure I put uh, your name on the VIP list uh, for our next show. You let us know when you Definitely. want to come, and we'll take care of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. There awesome. you go. All right, Renee, the floor is yours. Ask all of your sub questions. Thank you, guys. And, I, and I've been budding in constantly, so I appreciate that. Um, so the, the first thing that I want to start off with, and it may be a little bit of a difficult uh, topic, but, but I know uh, you being the professional you, you are, Herb, you'll be able to, uh, to kind of put things in perspective for us. Um, you know, when you talk about bringing in Tito Santana, who's one of the most recognizable uh, Latino professional wrestlers of all time, uh, you have obviously the passing of La Parca down in AAA, which was a huge loss for the pro wrestling community. And then you have this situation in Puerto Rico um, that I know Ricky Cruz in particular um, is being affected by, his family is being affected by. I would like, if you can, Herb, to speak, A, on why you've always been very pro-Latino when talking about bringing in superstars into SICW, and uh, maybe a heartfelt message to all the SICW friends and family down in Puerto Rico that are going through a very, very difficult time uh, because of their recent, um, you know, the, the, the situation that they're dealing with, with all the earthquakes and all that down there in uh in Puerto Rico. Sure. Uh, let me start off by saying, um, you know, uh, my, my day job, the, the job that I uh, dearly love. And uh, uh, as a uh, 911 uh, coordinator and EMA director, I get daily updates on uh, that whole situation that's been taking place in Puerto Rico. Uh, and I, I got to say um, what I read every day in those uh, bulletins that I get um the news that's being shared back here uh, locally uh, is uh, is uh, somewhat uh, skewed, but I mean it's a terrible, terrible thing that has happened down there, um, and that's why uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Ricky. His uh, that's his home, his family is still there. Um, I did a post um, yesterday um, just asking all of our fans to uh, say an extra little uh, thought and prayers for uh, Ricky uh, because he is going through some uh, tough times. And I even alluded to the fact that, you know, we're just a couple of days away from another big match that he's got to defend the SICW classic title. And I can assure you that um, if he would call me and say he doesn't have his heart into doing it, um, I would tell him to stay home uh, and I know every one of our fans would uh, understand that. They would not be upset. They're still going to come out and watch a great night of action. I don't think that uh, would happen because I know Ricky so well. Uh, but 
um, when you're going through a, a situation like this, you're miles, you know, um, hundreds and thousands of miles away from your family and you're hearing things and, uh, you know, you can try to visualize it. The good news is he has been in contact with his family. Um, I, I've been in touch with him, uh, keeping him, uh, trying to keep his mind occupied. Uh, so I, I, I was going to bring that up tonight anyway. I just want everybody that's listening. I know you've got a good listening audience, and uh, Ricky is one of the uh, top uh, workers in the uh, Midwest or anywhere he goes. Uh, he uh, carries himself well, carries himself as a professional. And uh, I just want to wish his family and everybody, if there's anything we can do, we definitely uh, want to do that. Uh, why uh, Tito Santana? Why the Latino I mean, a uh, great group of, of uh, individuals, uh, as you said, uh, Tito Santana, one of the all-time greats, um, a down-to-earth person, and people's going to get to meet him on the 15th. But uh, there's such a uh, history in the Latino wrestling uh, that I think uh, a lot of people have enjoyed over the years. And um, I, I'm fortunate to uh, have those contacts, and I, I want to be able to show our fans that uh, they got to watch them on TV. Uh, they got to cheer farm or boo farm, uh, but when they come to SICW, they get to get those autographs, and they get to sit and talk with them, and, and they get to know, know them even personally uh, a little bit more in that couple of hours that they're there at the show. Uh, so I'm, I'm just glad that we're able to do that for our fans. You know what, the fans, as you heard just a few moments ago with the caller, um, they appreciated her, and, and, and you've developed this this connection with them that I think is absolutely undeniable, um, and I feel that way, only having gone to a handful of SICW shows myself. Uh, that said, I'm going to kind of break the trend once again tonight, Jonesy, and be a little unselfish, because we have another caller that wants to come on and speak with Herb Simmons. So I'm going to kind of um, rescind a little bit of my own time and give it up for one of the biggest supporters of the WrestleTalk podcast and one of the biggest supporters of SICW. I'm talking about the host of Everything Combat and the Conspiracy Farm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the one, uh, the only, Pat Milich's sidekick, Jay Hollywood. Oh, so now, kidding, now I'm Pat Miller, the sidekick. I get it. Okay, that's what's up. No, thank you, thank you so much. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I am. Hey, as always, man, I am always grateful to be riding with sidekick with my boy Pat Miller. always grateful to be online with you guys. And as our good friend, legend, icon Herb Simmons was so gracious with me not too long ago to let me commentate a couple of matches, even the main event when Curtis Wild had his head shaved. Herb, how you doing, brother? Love you. Hope everything is doing well. Happy New Year, everyone. 2020 is on fire. Uh, Jay, Hollywood, Jay Hollywood, we don't talk about Curtis Wild getting his head cut, his his, his hair cut. <laughs> we don't talk about that on the rest of the podcast. I, I, I got to tell you, Jeff, um, I, I, I had that on my check sheet here to uh, talk about um, – and first of it, it's an honor any time to be uh, sharing the uh, airways with you, of course. Uh, but uh, I still have that vision uh, during that match. If, as you recall, I had to get up and get up to ringside uh, when they were getting ready to do what um, uh, uh, Jonesy says we can't talk about. But uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed I, that part. I, I, I <laughs> no, forgot. That, no, that's just, no, wait a minute. We can't yeah. talk about it. That's because that's just 
able to understand. So feel free to talk about it. Actually, I personally would quite enjoy hearing all the details of Curtis Wilde losing his hair. It was well, fantastic it, it was, to be the feet away fantastic. from it. it was great. So let me let me uh, paint the picture for you. Uh, Jeff and I, or Jeffrey and I, are sitting there calling the play-by-play. Uh, you know, we got a, a ringside seat, of course, at the announcers' tables, and and of course, uh, you know, Jeffrey, uh, I believe, really missed his calling. He should have been at uh, the top of the heap uh, at ringside with uh, the likes of Larry Matasek, uh, because uh, he he wow. brings enthusiasm to the matches and. And uh, I kind of like it when he's there because I don't have to do a lot of talking. I can kind of stay focused. <laughs> and, uh, but at the uh, at the end of the match, when uh, I had the Clippers uh, and I was uh, I got up to go take them up to the ringside to give them to the referee. And of course, the locker room had pretty well emptied out. I think everybody wanted to get a, a clip of the hair of Curtis Wilde. And uh, I mean, I got so interested in the match. I, uh, Jeffrey, if, if you remember, there was even a fan when the referee got knocked down and uh, come running up to ringside trying to wake the referee up. Uh, that's kind of oh, yeah. what I felt I like. Yeah. Uh, so as I'm standing there watching what's going on, I think, holy crap, I'm supposed to be calling this play-by-play. And I turn around, and there's people standing up around, and I look up, and there you're standing there, and you got the microphone holding it up in the air, and you didn't miss a beat. I mean, you're just no. you're calling it just like uh, like a professional. And uh, I've listened to that uh, probably two or three times now. You did an excellent job. And I really well, and if you don't remember, if you don't, if if you if you recall her, you know, I we we go back, you know, I you know, you're a little further than me, but I mean, we're right there in the thick of that great golden yeah. era professional wrestling. And I looked at you, I said, this reminds me of the Sportatorium when it was the hair versus hair match with the Von Ericks and Gino Hernandez, and it was just that the pop, it was just insane when Curtis when we broke up the Clippers and everyone, like you said, the locker room emptied and everyone came out to see. Her. Curtis, get that nice clean shave. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's the one thing I wanted to uh, to, to mention tonight. You know, the the matches that uh, are taking place now. It's it's just like uh, Larry Matasek, uh, God rest his soul. We used to talk about daily because uh, there wasn't a day that I can remember in the uh, in the last twenty years, I'll say, that we didn't speak every day. Not a day, seven days a week. Uh, every holiday, you name it. And no matter if we started off the day talking about uh, the weather or we talked about basketball or football and baseball, which he was a big sports fanatic, before we got off that phone, we were talking about wrestling because that's what he lived and breathed also. Um, And he said it best. He said, what what we've been doing is just kind of reinventing the wheel of these matches that took place, as you just mentioned, like at the Sportatorium, the hair match. Uh, you know, we done an angle with the figure four lock uh, that was taken off of um, uh, Cowboy Bob Ellis and Buddy Rogers at ringside in front of uh, the ring announcer. Uh, and the theory was is that nobody could break the figure four. We've done that here in SICW. So uh, when you say it kind of takes you back into the childhood, that's what we oh, want yeah. to do. We want, we want people to forget about what's going on in our crazy world today for that two and a half hours or whatever it may be. Uh, and forget about it, and just be, just enjoy what they're seeing. If they want to cheer for the, uh, the the good guys and boo the bad guys, that's when you know uh, you're successful with it. Uh, but again, I, I want to thank you for uh, for being there because uh, Curtis Wild had a hard night that night, and but he says he's going to prove it was a fluke this Saturday night. So we're going to find January out. January 18th. Yes, and and before yeah. and I meant to preface this conversation when you brought me on. 
shout out, uh, Ricky. Man, my my heart goes out to you, my friend. I'm I'm a good friend. I, I would like to think, like myself to a good friend with Ricky Cruz. My heart goes out to you, and uh, and I'm when I had him on my show so many a few years ago, and I massacred the name. I hope I do better. Guyania, uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, my goodness, man, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. So my heart goes out to you, man. Well, if you remember, uh, Jeff, uh, Ricky is the one who introduced me to you. Uh, yeah, he brought absolutely. You first, absolutely. He brought you to one of the first matches, and then he said, "I yeah. want you to meet a friend of mine." And uh, uh, he, 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 you know, in in the business, uh, we like to say there's uh, the friends, and then there's the friends. And uh, he referred yeah. to you as the friend, and uh, so I knew <laughs> I knew right then and there that you were. You were golden. Uh, you were allowed to uh, enter, as they say. <laughs> and, uh, I appreciate that, so, man. And it's cool, yeah. man, because that was a, several years ago, and I always feel like, and it should be that way, like earning your way into, you know, the, the fraternity, and not just the fraternity, because like that connotes brotherhood, but like you know, into you know that whole kind of secret group, if you will, not secret, but you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, as we all know, and uh, of course, Renee and Jonesy, that, that's why they do their show. Uh, the business has changed so drastically uh, over the years. Um, uh, sometimes I, um, I I scratch my head when I hear people uh, talk about it. Uh, I don't watch a lot of it on TV because I get uh, a little uh, depressed, you might say. Um, it's, it's, Can I ask you something, Herb? And this is this sure. is related to Renee and Renee and Joe. And I'm I'm older than these gentlemen, and I'm always in awe when I'm off work. Renee, you always know my dudes. I always shout out when I'm here, and I'm so in awe of their commitment to the business. But I have to ask you, if we were to rewind the clock back to, to that that golden era, tell me, Renee Martinez and Joe Lance, Nightmare Jones. In El Mata, tell me these guys could not have carved their little niche out in some territories. You know what I mean? Oh. Whether it's the Western states in Kansas City and Bob Geigel. I mean, I'm serious, and I'm very, very serious, Renee. I mark out for you guys, dude, because it's like you you see a lot of different uh, wrestling podcasts, and they're kind of you know just talk wrestling this and that. But especially Renee, he, he's starting a wrestling promotion. You know what I mean yeah. in Kansas well, City? Well, here I love well, here, it. Here, here, yeah. Well, let me uh, let me kind of um, compare that to what um, uh, and our good friend. Well, some people's good friends. He's kind of a pain in my behind. Uh, Travis Cook. When I've had uh, okay. Jimmy Hart in, and when I've had uh, Jim Carnett in, and they've watched Travis Cook uh, go out there and do his job, um, they would tell me. They say, "Man, we're just thankful that he wasn't." back in our time and on the road because we'd have had to step our game up. That's kind of how I'd feel about uh, Renee and Jonesy. Uh, I'd yeah. have to say, Oh, I don't want them guys promoting against me, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. uh, because you're right. They, the, 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 you can tell the passion that they put into it and that's what you got to have. You know, these, um, organizations that just want to go out there and say, we're running a promotion and they don't have that drive. They don't have the passion or the intestinal fortitude for it. You can tell. You can tell yeah. the ones that really want to go out there and do it. You know, you got these groups that uh, want to run in and one in and one out of these towns. And, uh, you know, the gentleman was on the phone a while ago, talked about a show. Um, uh, and I have no reason to just, uh, I don't think he'd come on and talk about it if it didn't happen. But I've heard different stories about shows like that. 
Um, and that's one thing that you'll never see at an SICW show. You're not going to see, uh, I think you said they were breaking light bulbs and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, ne- we necro are. Necro butcher. We, yeah, we are old school. You know, we we got the storylines. I mean, the the Curtis Wild. I mean, that was a year and a half in the making. And the, oh, yeah. the 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 ironic part about that, the fans followed it for that whole year and a half. Um, I and did. That's yeah. one, I followed. Yeah, the that, I mean, you, you guys did. understand yes. it. If it doesn't, if it's not broke, don't break it. And you, you, I mean, I mean, you, this is. A, I mean, honestly, Herb, seriously, I mean. I, I'm not trying to put myself over, but it's me speaking to you. I had the absolute pleasure to not just holler at Herb, I think, one time, as well as Renee and Joe, but I had another time, an opportunity to holler at Herb and Larry, and that's just the last, it's almost like this Da Vinci Code secret knowledge that's going on. I mean, it's just like the last of it. And, and Herb, you literally kind of represent a lot, I'm, and I'm very serious, and I'm that old school cat, so it's like that art has been lost. And Herb, you are one of the last individuals, and of course, you have many of many of great years to promote and just be well and be the incredible human being you are. But it's you, well, you, I, you I, definitely. Well, I appreciate those, those kind words, and uh, I, uh, as you and I talked, uh, you know, this was the, the 2019 on uh, December. I announced like six months ago that I was going to hang it up at the end of 2019. 46 years. I felt like I'd done it all and uh, met everybody. And uh, but I, I tell you what, uh, thank goodness for the fans that we've got. And I gotta say, one of the uh, touching moments is when I was making the announcement in our dressing room. The respect that those men in that dressing room showed me, uh, and I mean, in a, a couple of them that I didn't even wouldn't even have thought of it. But, you know, when these guys that's been with you a long time step up and say, what in the H are you talking about? What are we going to do? What is what is those fans out there going to have to look forward to? You know, and as we all know, there's not a lot of money in this business for these guys. Uh, they could have easily said, good, we can throw our boots away and we can go do something else or we can go to ABC promotion or wherever. Yeah. But guys sit there and said, and then they came up to me and said, Herb, you can't even think about this, you know, and uh, and we announced it, but then uh, I started getting calls from several of my uh, legends, as I like to call them, that had got the words, you know, people like Terry Funk and him, and said, do I have to come up there and have a talk with you, you know, <laughs> well, you know, you listen to guys like that, that you really respect yourself, and, uh, and when we go out to Vegas to Cauliflower Alley every year, uh, the people who know about Renee, we gotta do that, brother. We gotta do that, Here's where I do that rude thing and I interrupt. We broke the news just last week. I'm if sorry. You are serious, Jay Hollywood, and I'm gonna kind of pull you up to the auction. Oh, and by the way, just real quick, thank you to all the trolls. Uh, I got a few trolls on the on the Facebook live feed. Thank you for boosting our numbers. We love you. We don't care if you're booing or you're cheering. As long as you're doing something, we're happy you're here. I'm sure Herb Simmons and Jay Hollywood can attest to that. That said, the news that we broke last week is that we are going to the CAC. So, Jay Hollywood, get your stake in Kansas City. We'll fly out from Kansas City to Las Vegas, and we'll spend three days rubbing elbows 
with many, many, many legends on the same level as Herb Simmons. So if you're Mark interested, Jonesy is flying in from West Virginia. We'll work out all the logistics, so don't worry, okay? It's but happening. he's flying in okay. from West Virginia with his lovely wife. My wife doesn't know it yet, but we're going to be going to Vegas. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. Okay. <laughs> oh, I got so. See, much and I'm going to be rolling in. I'm going to be rolling in single to corrupt you, corrupt you guys, and take her out. We're going to go have drinks. And... Well, and what I what well, I well, also want. I'm 35 years old. There's not much. There's not much left to corrupt. What I'm saying, <laughs> but listen. Get your way, make your way that over would be to Kansas great. City, bro, and we'll hop on a plane right here at KCI, okay? And we'll head over yeah. to Vegas because the CAC is something that I know is near and dear to all of us. And yeah. the the Russell Talk podcast with Joe and Renee, when we say we're going to go somewhere, we're going to go somewhere. And in, in, in early 2019, we said we were going to be at SICW. You know what? We showed up. We made the drive. We went down to East Crondelette. If we say we're going to be there, we're going to be there. Jay Hollywood, all you got to do – is hitch onto the wagon, baby. That, this is a bucket list of mine. I don't mean to encroach on Herb's time, but the, that's a bucket list of mine as well as going to Hall of Fame in, in Waterloo, Iowa. Go ahead, Herb. Oh, I, w- I, I was just getting ready to say um, uh, CAC is great. It's a great organization. Um, uh, but uh, Waterloo, Iowa, I'll be up there this year. In fact, uh, we're going to be taking a couple of our legend, legend friends up there. We've already got Kevin Nash we're taking there. Uh, Tommy uh, Wildfire Rich is going to be there with us. Um, oh, oh so we're, that's where yeah, we're, man. Tommy, literally, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, and again, I don't mean to encroach on my man's time. Tommy Wilde, 1980, 81, TBS, the Superstation. It was Tommy Wildfire, uh, Tommy Wildfire, Rich, Buzz Sawyer, the last fat uh, Atlanta, Bob Armstrong, Roddy. P- I mean, that's where it got me hooked, man. That's where it got me hooked well, to and, the and point where the when, they, when they would advertise. When they would advertise on the commercial, like, hey, here's going to be the fight in the Omni or whatever at 8 o'clock, I would tune in on Channel 17 at 8 o'clock thinking it was going to be on, not realizing that, you know, you had to go to the show. But, yeah, that's the eight, eight-year-old Jeff, nine-year-old Jeff, seriously. Yeah, well, well and I got to tell you, we, before yeah. you jump back in, I know we uh-huh. were talking about the Latino, uh, uh, um, kind of the, the Latino coalition that you put together and continue to bring in the SICW. Let us not forget that the legendary – Actually, probably the greatest mass wrestler of all time, by some people's estimation, Rey Mysterio will also be honored at the CAC in 2020. So if you love you some lucha, make sure that you put it on your calendar because he will be in attendance at the Cauliflower Alley reunion in 2020. Just wanted to say that, Jay Hollywood. I'm trying to. I'm trying to really stack the deck. Like you don't have, dude. All you have to say is CAC. I've been trying to do that for the last fifteen, twenty years. You don't have to stack. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with. I'm with you. Well, you know, I just uh, I wished uh, Brian Blair a birthday just the other day. Uh, You know, he's uh, president of the uh, CAC, and uh, there's some other announcement that's going to be made over the next couple of weeks of some other uh, uh, guest that's going to be at CAC, the same as at uh, Waterloo, Iowa. I'm working on a couple other ones uh, to go up there and uh, working with uh, my good friend Charlie Hartman from Gimmick Tree uh, Entertainment. Uh, together, uh, we're going to be making an announcement uh, probably this coming Sunday on our live Facebook show I do here at SICW. Uh, I know uh, we got the big show coming up in May of this year back at the fairgrounds in Belleville. We've already announced uh, Big Sexy Kevin Nash for that, along with uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And uh, this Sunday night, uh, I'm going to be announcing another big one. And then uh, one other one after that, uh, both uh, 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 Farmer WWE superstars. So mm. 
big, big Leaving a little mystery happening. there. I love it. Yeah, big things oh, uh, coming. And then, of course, May 16th of this year, the annual uh, Bruiser Brody, Larry Matasek Memorial, and the uh, Wrestling at the Chase anniversary. Already, uh, Barbara Goodish will be uh, joining us back, as she does every year. Presents the winner of the Bruiser Brody Battle Royal, that big trophy cup. Uh, and this year already booked uh, somebody that's been out of the scene for a long time, but did a lot of work for me back in the day. Uh, Spike Huber uh, is going to be with us, if you guys remember Spike Huber. Of course. Yeah, son of that Dick is, the Bruiser. Son-in-law. That is absolutely an, an amazing lineup. And, and Jay Hollywood, since we still have you here on the line, uh, and I'll have both of you comment on this, the importance of the Larry Matisak Bruiser Brody Memorial and having Barbara Goodish there. Jay Hollywood, I'll start with you. You had the unique opportunity to have an in-depth conversation with her. What did you take away from that conversation, uh, building towards the legacy, obviously, of Bruiser Brody? Um, and where can people find it? Because I think whether it was a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, ten years ago, having a conversation with the wife of the late great Bruiser Brody has always got to be something. Maybe it wasn't on your bucket list originally, but once it happened, I'm sure oh, you put was. it on there and you checked it off immediately. It must have been something uh, incredible, man. Talking to somebody like that, um, it just must if have been If I remember amazing. correctly, I think of... if I remember correctly, Herb facilitated that. And it was one of those, I wasn't, um, I had just started it's me speaking to you, which was the, my pre-podcast that started all this other crap I've been doing, but not crap, but stuff. But I, I had the unique pleasure, and to answer your question, the, the, what I drew from, it was, it made me cry. It, and it could almost make me cry right now. The, the level of zen she had about just everything, dealing with everything, raising her son and getting the news about it. I mean, all of it and just how she dealt with it. And then the lack of accountability, it was absolutely amazing, man. It was, you know, I know you're a Christian, you're a spiritual individual. I mean, that, that there's only few type of people and individuals in the world who can really approach life with that kind of, I, I call it Zen or whatever, just very beautiful mentality, man. Cause it could easily destroy you and it has not her at all. She's just, an amazing, amazing human being. And she'll I'm be not out sure what the other Vegas part too. of your question was. Yeah, she'll be out there Well, no, Vegas, I just uh, wanted you to summarize it. Herb, your thoughts. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, um, one of the uh, most dearest uh, individuals in the world, I never had met her when I was uh, working with uh, Frank. Uh, talked to her on the phone, but never had met her in person. Uh, and, of course, uh, Frank would always uh, come back home and talk to her about how he loved it in St. Louis with uh, Larry Matasek and Herb Simmons. And, uh, of course, you know, the first time I ever had him in, um, I'd heard, and I may have told uh, Jeffrey this story before, but uh, it was at the Belclair Fairgrounds where we'll be back uh, uh, May of this year. Um, we ran in there every month, and um, we was putting those shows on, and Larry Matasek uh, used to come up there and be in the dressing room with me, and we're watching a show one night I had um, – uh, Iceman King Parsons on the card that night, and uh, Spike Huber was there, and Bill Ash, and Tojo Yamamoto, and a bunch of the guys from down in the Nashville, Memphis area, and uh, had a great crowd. And Larry was standing behind me at the uh, makeshift wall we put up for the dressing room, and he, he makes a comment. He says, "Hey, what would you think about bringing Frank in here?" And I, 
turned around, I looked at him, and I remember this day, I said, Brody, coming to Belleville, Illinois? Who are you kidding? <laughs> he said, well, let me work on it. And that was on a Thursday night. Uh, that Saturday, he calls me up, and he says, hey, he said, uh, uh, I talked to Frank, and he said he wants you to call him. So I call him first time I ever had a conversation with him. And, uh, of course, I'd heard all the horror stories uh, about how he wouldn't show up, uh, you know, um, or he'd come and try to hold you up for more money, and I can tell you. Uh, I was on pins and needles uh, the first show I booked him on. Uh, bell time was at 8 o'clock, and it got to be – 730 and we I mean we got you know a couple thousand people in that building up there and they're chanting that Brody Brody I mean I'm outside walking underneath the uh, carport that they got out on the side of the building and my wife comes to the door and she says uh, what are we going to do and I looked at her and I said what are we going to do <laughs> you're going to have to go back in there and tell them something uh and then I see this car coming in at the far end of the parking lot and I could see it's Larry's car and he pulls right up in I had a spot reserved and this monster of a guy gets out with his ponytail hair and a pair of shorts on and his sneakers and uh walks up and sticks his hand out and he says big boy I bet you th- didn't think I was coming did you and I looked up at him <laughs> and I said Nah, I never worried about it. And we just clicked <laughs> Not there for on. Like it. Not for and, and that's the kind of relationship with his uh is uh, uh with Barbara. It has been great. She comes up to Waterloo, Iowa. We go up there. I'm gonna be in uh Rome, Georgia with her. Um, I was gonna tell you there's also uh Charlie from Gimmick Tree uh started last year a Bruiser Brody uh m- memorial with uh, 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 uh battle um uh, that he has up in Pennsylvania in that area, New Jersey. And so we're moving it down to Rome, Georgia this year. And Barbara will be there with us. And uh, we're also taking uh, Barry Windham and uh, JJ Dillon. That's at the big fan fest down there. Sting's going to be there. Uh, a host of uh, everybody. And that's uh, um, uh, April of this year. In fact, I'm in April that weekend, come back and go to Vegas and then come back here for the big May show in Belleville. <laughs> My goodness, this is all coming from a guy, Joe and Jeff, that was talking about retiring at the end of 2019. I told him when he said that to me at the show, when he said that to me at the show, I was just like, we, Herb, we don't say that You're R word. We're not, I don't want to hear that R word. Yes, you are killing me, Smalls. We don't talk that R word unless, you know, you just can't, can't, can't do it. We don't talk that R word. You got too much love and energy to support you, sir. So I feel you and well, love I, you. And, I, and again, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I every time I get the notification that uh, you're on there, and uh, it's usually late in the evening, and that's kind of when I'm trying to unwind. But I, I really enjoy what you and Pat are doing. And uh, well, that's uh, usually gets, when it, I'm it, going down the YouTube channel of watching, you know, Mid Atlantic from 1984. You know, Herb, I'm not. <laughs> We're, I'm a geek on this, man. This is what we do. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, and uh, with uh, Renee and Jonesy, I mean, the guests that they have coming on. And uh, I I did, uh, I was on, I guess, what, a week or so ago. I, I, I jumped on and called in, and I, I was on my rant sure, that night about, we appreciate that. about this, uh, uh, the word independent wrestling. And uh, <laughs> I, they allowed me to rant a little bit. I told them, I mean, I, they, we need to take that word independent out of our uh, uh, vocabulary because those guys and girls that are out there busting her butt, yeah, they're not on uh, WWE and all the other uh, 
what they call the bigger federations. But, you know, when they go into Missouri and they uh, apply for their uh, wrestling license, it doesn't say independent wrestling. It says yeah. professional wrestling. And uh, I get I get aggravated when I hear the word independent. Um you know, uh, between us guys and whoever's out there, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of folks listening to this, or they will be listening to it. You're, you're, if you put the boots on and lace them up, and you get in that ring and you give it 110 percent, you are a professional wrestler. The people are coming to see you perform. Uh, they don't care um, if it's uh, if you're not on television. They're coming there because they want to see you, and uh, so. Drop that and and not to cut detector. you off, Herb, something I have had and I have learned over these many years and come to so appreciate, when you come to St. Louis and even Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, you have to understand when you go into that South Broadway, when you go into the auspices of these these areas, you are stopping into hollow, hollow grounds, man. Pat O'Connor, this is where the N, at NWA, Sam Muchnick, you know, it was, used to be headquartered here. So I think there's oh, just yeah. a certain level of understanding when you step into St. Louis, you are stepping into professional wrestling 101, dating back almost 100 years. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, with Ron Simmons being over there uh, the other night, uh, loved the South Broadway Athletic Club. Never been there before, but he loved the the uh, uh, decor of it. Uh, it was, like he said, it reminded him of the old TV studios. But he remembered the shows at the Kiel Auditorium, uh, remembered how they used to get uh, done after the shows and come over to SoJ, Illinois, <laughs> uh, to the local pub. and, uh, and uh, have, uh, <laughs> Did he, he really remember? Oh, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah. If I ever write a book, uh, there's a chapter i got to put uh, with uh, Ron Simmons because <laughs> he told <laughs> me some stories. But, uh, you know. The stories you've heard so, are by good. Oh, I'm telling you. Well, and I've, I've had a few people. I've talked with the. Uh, the Scott Teals and the John Cospers and people like that, uh, and they've all said, you know, you, you need to uh, write a book. And I said, man, I, I wouldn't know how to open the first page of it. And they said, no, but you know, all you got to do is to sit and talk. We'll write it. And uh, but uh, you know, I, I've just been that person. Like I said, I shared a, a van with Bruiser Brody, Jerry Blackwell, uh, Dick Murdoch. Uh, you know, and when you're hearing those what type was of the stories, restaurant, that, Herb, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you again, just popped in uh-huh. my brain, the restaurant that was back in the day, the Keel Auditorium, Checkerboard, uh, the, the restaurant, uh, Tagianio's, Te- Te- or uh, what was the the restaurant that, that all the wrestlers used to go to after the match? The, oh, well, well, I mean, uh, Joe Tangero had his, but then... Tangero, uh, Tangero, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, Joe Tangero was, you know, was a wrestler at first, and then he turned in, he was a referee, and then they opened that's up that's Joe it. Tangero's. Right, that's and then it. another place was uh, Bartolino's. Uh, that's where uh, Larry and I used to take uh, the guys like uh, Bruiser Brody, and, of course, uh, the uh, one place that we used to take Andre the Giant to was over here in Belleville, Illinois, at a place called uh, Jack English's, and Sam always wanted to bring him over here because it was out of the way. Because uh, one of the issues you always found, uh, not all the time, a good percentage of the time, if you went into some type of pub, there would always be somebody in there that would be full of liquid courage, and yeah. somebody would want to challenge Andre the Giant or even a Frank Goodish, you know, uh, and that wouldn't turn out good. And um, 
so uh, Sam would say, hey, find a place that, that you can bring him, and uh, and that's we'd bring Andre uh, over to Jack English's in Belleville. It was out of the way, and he could go in there and feel comfortable, drink a case of wine, and uh, just uh, <laughs> enjoy himself, wine. you know. Oh, yeah, I saw him. Oh, yeah. Wine was a huge yeah. drinker. Like, he could drink like you would not believe. <laughs> oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, just, uh, in a, you know, the gentle giant is what we call it. And, of course, everybody was the boss uh, to him. And uh, uh, just uh, sad, sad, right? You're right. There's a lot of stories out there that uh, some you can tell and some you can't tell. Some of the statute limitations are over with. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, the guys like Dick Murdoch and, uh, you know, uh, even some of the stories Bob Orton's got, you know, we're fortunate uh, he runs our Ace Wrestling Academy for me over here. In fact, he was there tonight and every Tuesday and Thursday, and they've got uh, about 13 students that he's working with, him and Sean Benson. I told my daughter, Herb, he was at your last show that I helped you commentate on. I brought my daughter. I was, she's she's A few years ago, it was, like, super cool. She loved going to the Raw shows. Daddy's become less cool. And when I was like, hey, do you want to go see wrestling? She was so with it. I'm like, oh, my God. So we went, and uh, I <laughs> told him, like, hey, Hollywood. we I, I got to keep, I, I just tested it, and she was with it. So I was just like, I was with, you know, I was like, hey, the guy who f- participated in the first WrestleMania is here tonight. That sparked her because she knows what WrestleMania is, et cetera. So I showed her Ace and showed her the whole thing. And then when we came home, I showed her the whole <laughs> WrestleMania one. I got it, went home I, and everything. So it's like. That's the good I, kind of indoctrination, folks. Just, just I know that. Ask. Courtesy of the Wrestle <laughs> yeah. Talk podcast, we're teaching you what good indoctrination is. Well, I was going to ask Jeffrey. Good job by you, Jay Hollywood. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to ask Jeffrey a question. Uh, do you uh, own a shotgun by any chance? Uh, I because, do. Because I do. If, well, then you better keep Jeffrey, it loaded because you. that that young lady is uh, is a knockout, and I'm afraid you're going to have to have uh, something to keep the boys knocking on the door. Uh, well, what she's a just a chip off the old. Up just a chip yeah. off the old Jay Hollywood. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. What I'm a relax. But, you got to relax yeah. in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you, so I know, man. Yeah, what a thing. She used to She used to call uh, Jake Durden the dirty man. Like, we used to go yep. uh, uh Stratford. Stratford. <laughs> I mean, she used to love it. You know, Mike Altlaw used to hand her stuff. I mean, she used to be super. Yep. She still is. That's why I was like, hey, you want to go see wrestling Saturday with me? She's like, yeah. Because last time we were there, Minnie Fernandez was there, and I took yeah. a picture of her on the top rope. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, she's grown like six feet since then. So I'm just... I was going to say, she's a taller than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take a yeah. – well, th- well, I think we no, gave no, up all of Renee's okay. time. No, no, no. Yeah. Guys, you guys didn't need up anything. And, and I want everybody to be clear. That's what this show is about. Like, I love – okay, listen. Everybody's favorite subject is themselves, right? And I don't mind hearing myself talk, but really this platform is for us to kind of create a stage and a curtain for you guys, the Jay Hollywoods, the guys that are, that are moving on uh, to this uh, kind of untapped territory in the world of entertainment. You're kind of creating your own lane, dude. And, and we're so proud of you. We're happy to have you guys as sponsors here of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And um, in, in what you've done the last few years is, is incredible. I can only imagine what you'll do over the next three. Uh, the sky is the limit. I don't think there is a glass ceiling with what you're doing, especially with the fact that you're calling uh, SICW matches ringside. You're calling uh, um, uh, UFC matches or, or MMA matches ringside in Iowa. And then you still find time 
for the Russell Talk podcast, man. I could never thank you enough for that. And then when you're talking about Herb Simmons, you're talking about a guy who has taken the better part of his life and dedicated to the sport that we all love so much. He doesn't have to bother bringing in the big names that you saw when you were growing up. The guys that he has already on his roster are enough to fill up the building down in East Cronulet. They're enough to fill up the building uh, up with MMWA and Tony. But they do it because the love that they have. And, and honestly, I don't want to put I don't want to put Herb on blast. Thing. I don't want to put Herb on blast and I, Herb punch me in the face next time you see me if I'm Herb owns. If he won't, I will. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Herb is locking down, whether he owns it or not, one of the last video libraries of the golden age of professional wrestling, and that is SCCW Wrestling of the Chase. I apologize, Herb, if something has changed since then. But everybody else has everybody else's video archives are with the WWE. Herb's, which even started around the same time at the beginning of the NWA, and wrestling at the chase and ended in I think nineteen eighty three or four, help me out. But yep, yep. You guys have that video archive. That is that's why that I say is Herbert's so not true. just putting on some of the best wrestling that we've ever seen. He owns the video archive of some of literally the best wrestling we've ever seen. Ted D B I mean, come on. Wrestling at the chase, yeah. get out of here. Well, and I, I, I can tell you I'm working on uh and I don't know if I mentioned to you the other night I may have uh uh, the uh, Dick to Bruiser Library. Um, you know, there's oh a. Oh um, uh, I've got, uh, and, and the thing is, these Next are uh, the old two the two inch uh, reels, and uh, there's only one place uh, in St. Louis that you can get them uh, downloaded onto a DVD, and I've I've got two of them done, and uh, Spike Huber, and I've been talking with uh, Mrs. Aflis, and uh, um, you know, she's got everything back from uh, Dick's uh, promotion in Indianapolis, and. Uh, uh, got them all tucked away. Uh, I'm a little concerned because the two uh, reels that I've got got some mold on them, but the uh, place that's uh, downloading them for me by putting them over has been able to get them cleaned up for me. So I want to get them preserved uh, quickly uh, before they, they get too bad. And then, But the two I got, the quality is good on them. And uh, one of the matches on one of them is uh, Dick the Bruiser against uh, Jerry Graham in a, uh, a chain match. Uh, so you can imagine how that turned out with Dick the Bruiser in it. <laughs> and, and wow. literally, guys, literally, I mean, wrestling fans, <laughs> literally, there's, you don't hear of that anymore. AWA has been purchased by WWE. I mean, the major promotions have all been purchased by WWE. Yep. One of the main, main, main ones, the last one, Kevin Von Erich, I think he sold off that a while ago. World, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, wrestling at the chip. Like that's that's it. That's the last one. And, 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 and I got to give Larry Matasek all the credit there because uh, Vince offered. Uh, he sent uh, Jr. Uh, Ross in, and Ted DiBiase came in, and uh, they went to lunch, had um, uh, a sit down, and they tried to buy the footage that uh, Larry had preserved. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, um, because of what took place with Larry and Vince. Um, I don't think there was going to be any amount of money that uh, could have been offered that was going to get that deal done. And, um, you know, they, they offered a, uh, a small amount that was really an insult. And uh, Larry looked at me and I just, mm-hmm. I just said, uh, I think we'll get back with you. So, uh, but, uh, and we do. And, and, and then what we did so, is. Herb, well, can, know, I we, ask you, can I ask you one final sure. question, Herb? Because, sure. because I do want to be respectful of your time. 
uh, and also of our following guest, uh, Xavier Frost, who's also no, you know, an ambassador. No, 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 absolutely. Oh, do I'm you sorry. think? No, 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 it's it's you know it's okay. Uh, so Herb, do you think that there's any truth to the speculation that when WWE went into St. Louis? And had all those Hall of Famers in ringside. I know you remember this. It wasn't more than two years ago. Do you think that might have had something to do with why he was not there? Or was it more health-related? If anybody would know, and I always wondered that, because they had all kinds of legends ringside that day in St. Louis. But there was one face that was missing, maybe even two, and I'm including you in this. Do you think that that had something to do with the late, great, legendary Larry Matisek not being there that night? I can tell you I was the one who Vince's people were going through to get Larry for that. Uh, I I got the first phone call from it. Um, in fact, I broke the news to people like uh, Baron Von Roschke uh, because I was told from uh, Connecticut people up there uh, the list of names that was going to be there. And I, at first I thought, ah, this can't be true. Why would they be doing this? So I called the Baron. The Baron had not even heard about it yet. And I said, well, they got your name on the list, so you should be getting a call from them. Uh, if you remember at that time, Larry was in uh, the assisted living center. And uh, I went uh, I went and, uh, you know, like I did every day. And uh, I said, hey, this is what we got. This is the person that called. And, and the one thing about Larry that everybody who knew him his mind was sharp until the day he passed away. Um, it was just remarkable. Um, the name that I gave him that called me, he knew the lady. She'd been with him forever and ever. And he said, no, Herb, I think this is legit. So I did the bridging back and forth. And that was on a Friday afternoon when I got the call. And she said, well, I'm getting everything planned. And I told her, I said, you know, Larry's in a wheelchair. You know, uh, I've got a van that I'll be bringing him over in. We'll get this all set up. Uh, and she was excited that they weren't going to have to arrange transportation. It was all a done deal. And Larry, uh, to this day, I, I regret because when I had to go back in on that Monday afternoon and tell him that they pulled the plug on it, um, uh, I could tell he had been worked up all weekend about it. I mean, he was excited because he knew eventually the Baron was going to be there and Bob Orton was going to be there. And um, he was able to uh, bury the hatchet uh, to go there. Um, but um, the, the excuse that I got when they called me that Monday morning was is that the fence was afraid with him being in the wheelchair. It was a liability. Uh, now, since then, and over this course of the time, Jerry Briscoe and I had a discussion about it. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think there were still sire grapes uh, to quote to Vince McMahon on other deals. Uh, but what a mistake that was. Uh, I mean, why would you not want to have the man that was uh, taught by the NWA president uh, for 41 years? to be at your show in St. Louis that helped build what it was. Well, and I'm just going to say this, and it's going to be a few seconds, and hopefully this reverberates throughout the ages, and please, everyone, share and stream this. Let us be sure to make sure Larry Matisic, if so inclined, if everyone wants to do this and Herb and everyone is wants to be in this, let's make sure Larry Matisic is represented into the WWE Hall of Fame, quite possibly. 
and have Herb represent him. That would be amazing, as well as Bruce Brody's widow, Barbara. That would be fantastic. Well, well, look, they, she didn't even get notified when they uh, they mentioned uh, uh, Frank. Um, you know how? Again, you, you can't do nothing about it. You're not going to fight uh, the likes of Vince and uh, Larry. Used to always say that, uh, even though he despised him, he said, you know, he's a brilliant man. Um, uh, and some of the legends I talk to say the same thing. You know, one of the smartest men they ever uh, worked for. Uh, it's just a, same, a shame that some of the uh, things that uh, the way he does things uh, hasn't really been positive for the business. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I look at that from a different point of view. Growing up from those days that we did uh, to what's being done out there now. Um, that's why I can't watch it. Some, you know, I, I just can't. I mean, uh, somebody will tell me, "Whoa, did you see what happened?" Unless I know Randy Orton's on there in an angle or something. In fact. Uh, I, I felt kind of bad the night that uh, I got a call that said Randy got hurt, and it's like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. They said, "Oh," uh, and I'm thinking it's probably at work. But what do I do? I call Bob and wake him up. I said, "Hey, have you heard Randy got hurt?" And uh, he said, "No, goddamn, I didn't hear that." And and of course it turned out uh, it was a setup. And uh, but um, unless I know Randy's involved in something, because I kind of feel. Uh, good about Randy. He had his first match at South Broadway Athletic Club, uh, but uh, what uh, twenty years ago? That's, that, that, that's amazing. You talk about bringing things full circle. It, it's incredible to me to have two guys uh, such as Jay Hollywood and Herb Simmons on the segment at the same time. Uh, Jay Hollywood, we're going to go ahead and close out the segment, man. But I'd be remiss if I didn't let you come back in with some final thoughts here. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, what was supposed to be a question or two uh, turned into a, a little <laughs> bit over 20 minutes, man. Uh, you have any final thoughts for Herb Simmons or the listeners of the Rest of Talk podcast tonight before we move on uh, to our final featured guest of the evening, uh, Xavier Frost? No, I'm so, I mean, I didn't want to take as much time as I did. I apologize. Thank you, Herb. For you did a great job. Doing... You did a great job. Don't apologize for anything. No, I'm just saying I don't want to take I, – because I wasn't supposed to take as much time. Herb, you know, it's – we're marks. This is what we do. We ramble. Like, hey, remember that match in Starcade '85? Like, we just this is what we do. This because we this because we love it so much. This is because we love it so much, and that's why it's like when Herb's like, hey, do you want to come call this match with me? I'm literally having to go do a wardrobe change because yes. I'm pissing myself. Cause I'm like, I'm calling him. I'm calling him. Like, you know what I mean? This is what, it happens. It never happens. lose that, bro. Never lose and that. I won't. I won't ever. And I'm freaking almost 50, dude, and yeah. I won't ever. I mean, it's still real to me, damn it. And it's just, it, it, even if it's, and that's why I love her for what he's doing now. And uh, that's why it would be great if, even if not the WWE Hall of Fame, whatever. He's already been represented, and everybody knows who knows because St. Louis, dude, is that spot. And Herb is one well, of the Jay last ones carrying on Jay that Hollywood, lineage. You Here's what you got to understand. We got Xavier Frost coming on. He's a representative from the Midwest Hall of Fame. Herb Simmons is getting his due. And I dropped the ball a couple of months ago uh, asserting that Herb Simmons was going to, uh, going to be recognized at the CAC. Uh, so that is, in my opinion, is just a matter of time. And we talk to people all the time who, who have to say over there, including Brian Blair. So, I, you know, all these things hopefully will happen within the next year or two. Uh, what I do know, though, is that having the ability to have this conversation, and Josie, I'm going to have you 
come back in with the final word on this segment. Um, it's special, and that's why we do it. And we don't worry as much about time as you think, Jay Hollywood. If you watch any of our two-hour shows, usually it's about two hours and 35 minutes. So <laughs> if it's good, bro, time is a non-factor. And everything you've contributed today and everything you continue to contribute to the world of entertainment, especially professional wrestling, is greatly appreciated, man. We love you, bro. Love you back, hey, my hey, friend. I got, I got one last thing to say. What I got on my bucket list right now is I think it would be great uh, at one of our shows is to get uh, Jeffrey to show back up and we get Renee uh, and Jonesy to come and then we all sit at ringside and call a, call some matches together. Wouldn't that be a, a hoot? Oh, oh that, that would be so much fun. And especially if it's a match at Curtis Wilde's in. Exactly. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but oh, that's so good. Win, win. <laughs> Hey, guys, I, I, I really appreciate it, uh, and I want to apologize to your next guest coming on uh, that we've taken up so much time. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I want to hang on, and I want to listen to what he's got to say. But uh, anytime you get, like, Jeffrey, uh, him and I, and Renee, you guys, we could talk for Ashland all night long. And uh, I really appreciate the love and the passion that you guys show for this. And uh, let's just keep uh, moving forward one day at a time. Uh, you know, uh, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, but uh, so let's make the best of the day that we can. You got it. Well, Joe, I'll let you go ahead and uh, hit us with some final thoughts here uh, for Herb Simmons. Uh, on my end, I just want to say, Herb, thank you so very much. Uh, SICW is definitely on the, cal- the calendar, uh, maybe sometime around the fall uh, for yours truly. Uh, Joe, uh, you'll get to meet him at the CAC, Lord willing. Uh, he's going to be flying in uh, to Las Vegas uh, alongside possibly myself and Jay Hollywood. Who knows? I'll get confirmation for him a little bit later. Uh, just know it's always an honor and a pleasure and I thank you so much for lending your name, which gives us here at the Russell Talk Podcast credibility by saying all the wonderful things that you said about us. So thank you very much. I tip my cap to you and uh, continued success uh, with SICW and everything you do uh, in 2020. And uh, again, I just want to highlight the fact um, that aside from everything you've got going on, you still have such a deep affection and love and care for the guys that work for you, including some of the incredible uh, uh, thoughts and, and uh, positive reinforcement that you had for the people of Puerto Rico and Ricky Cruz with everything that they're going through. So thank you very much. Uh, Joe, your final thoughts, Herb, uh, from me. You have a great night, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Joe? Uh, I just want to say thank you for, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast, uh, you know, it's it's always great to to, to have you on. Uh, you know, one of these days we're, we're going to have to have you on for our first ever two-hour guest because there are so many stories. <laughs> we that, could definitely that, do that, it. <laughs> and we could definitely do it. We, we could bring uh, Jeffrey in for the first hour, and, you know, it, we, we could definitely – Definitely do it, and it will be a absolutely amazing, amazing show. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys, and have a good night. Yep, you too. Good night. SICW, ladies and gentlemen, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. Look them up on all social media platforms. We are going to take a very brief two-minute break, and then we're going to come back with our second featured guest of the evening, Xavier Frost. I want to uh, just real quick though. Want to apologize to the FWWC. I know you guys are waiting for huge news. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about Leo D and his retirement. 
next week. Uh, things just kind of got away from us uh, this week, and I apologize. But when we have great conversation like that, if you ever listen to the show, you've heard me say it, we're never going to interrupt a great conversation with legends, including Herb Simmons. There's no other way to describe this man. And when you have personalities, entertainers, and just all-around good guys like Jay Hollywood, there's no way we're going to pull the plug on something like that because the Wrestle Talk podcast is about the gente, about the people, about the fam. And there's nothing that takes precedent over that. Uh, we're going to take that quick break. Like I said, we're coming back with a representative for the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Xavier Frost. Frost. We'll see you guys in about two minutes. Coming right back. Peace. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. 
kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, because we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. <laughs> I've almost memorized it, Billy. Almost memorized it all. Next week, maybe we'll give you a chance to recite the Wrestle Talk podcast freestyle. Oh, hey, I might have to redo that for 2020, bro, because we're not on Wednesdays anymore. We're on Tuesdays. So That's right. I know you guys probably noticed that we switched dates. It's all good. It's all right. The show's going to continue to be tight every single night. I'm just saying. All right, Josie, well, it's time to get in to the second featured interview of the evening. And I don't believe we've ever been this late. And, and I want to, like her, like her did, I want to go ahead and apologize ahead of time. Xavier, we're just as excited to talk to you as we were with Herb Simmons, okay? And, and, and I just want you to know that the biggest thing here on the show is that when we have great conversation going, we don't like to just chop it off. And we've been trying to get that conversation, that long-form deal done with Herb Simmons for a very long time. So if you don't get the justified amount of time tonight, you go ahead and let me know. Because we'll bring you on in a couple of weeks, and we'll just do a part two of this thing. Because there's nothing better than great conversation with people that love professional wrestling. I know you're one of those guys. Intern Timmy, you know what to do. A very well-respected member of the professional wrestling community here in the Midwest. Also a representative for the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show for the very first time ever the one, uh, the only, Xavier Doing, doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, man. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, so what has been new with uh, Mr. Xavier Frost? Oh, just uh, just keep on trucking, you know. We're still uh, we got, got the Hall of Fame coming up. Uh, still trying to wrestle <laughs> when I can. So, uh, yeah, everything's been busy. So, um, I guess that my first question is, uh, how did you, you get into professional wrestling? I know it's probably a question you get asked a bunch of times. Oh, wow. Um, actually, uh, a friend of mine, uh, the monster scar, uh, as he's now known, uh, we were, we were friends and, and we, we really liked wrestling. So we, uh, we decided one day we were just going to start training. We were going to go, we were going to go do it. And uh, we were we were training for months, just going to the gym, lifting, doing our cardio. And we went to a local independent wrestling show, uh, MPW, uh, ran by the searcher and Chris Powell. And they had a flyer on, on the table as you walked in. 
you want to be a pro wrestler. So <laughs> we took the flyer. We called the number. Um, I talked to Chris Powell. He said, yeah, come on out to our next show. Uh, it's in Pacific, Missouri. We're doing training with Dan the Beast Severn from the UFC Hall of Fame. Mm. Hey, former guest so, of the Wrestle Talk podcast, let me just say, great guy. We absolutely <laughs> love Dan Severn. Absolutely. Uh, I work, I've worked with Dan several times throughout the years. He, he is an amazing individual, um, not only inside the ring, but a, just a, an incredible human being. Um, Dan is awesome. But, yeah, my first ever training session uh, was with Dan the Beast Severn. And uh, he used me as a as a kind of like a training dummy for for everybody. Uh, you know, I took. He, I think he gave me like 150 chops in a row at one point, demonstrating chops. So, yeah, it was a great experience. But uh, and that's how I broke in, and uh, been going at it ever since, going on 20 years. Wow, wow. that's crazy. That's woo. I mean, you know, that that that's kinda how, how I broke into the wrestling business. You know, I've always been a fan and and uh, uh, uh one of the the guys that I know saw me at the wrestling shows and he asked me if I was interested and next thing you know, here I am as a referee. So, you know it's 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 it's, it's definitely a, a uh a great, 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 great thing. So, um I guess that 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 one some that some of the the the, the big questions, and I'm going to throw it back to uh, Renee. Is um, how did you start the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, I actually started a few years ago. Um, I wanted to honor a couple of people that really I thought deserved it. Um, so back in 2015, uh, we started with one guy, one honoree, and uh, that was the searcher. And he was our first inductee, class all to himself. Um, and we were just trying to, you know, we were just going to do one guy a year. And then, you know, we started talking, and, and you know, I talk, you know, searcher and, and – and some other guys that are that are now on the board, and, and we we kind of started brainstorming, and we're like, hey, you know what? This is we've got a good thing going. Let's honor, let's honor everybody. Let let's get the guys that did the time, putting up the ring, paid their dues, spent the majority of their career, you know, in, in the St. Louis area, here here throughout the Midwest, and, and you know, those guys don't get on it. You know, you hear the Hogans and the Flares and, you know, all the big boys that make it to the WWE. What about the guys that don't make it to the WWE but deserve it? And we've been going ever since. <laughs> now, that is, is 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 a great reason, you know, to, to, to start – the uh, uh, Hall of Fame, and you know, I'm sure that every person that's been inducted has been honored to be in, inducted into the uh, Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Because I know you've been chomping at the bit, so. 
Well, well, I have, and I have to be honest, um, you know, when we were talking about, when we were talking to her about it, I just kept thinking, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure that, you know, I save some of this energy uh, for Xavier Frost because, you know, 20 years, 20 years, a guy such as yourself could very well be one of the inductees into the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And I think it's so important that that avenue exists. Whether it happens or it doesn't happen, there are so many outstanding talents that have not just come out of the St. Louis area. Now we're starting to see a little bit more of it in Kansas City, Central Missouri, out in Kansas as well, Oklahoma. I mean, and the list goes on and on. So there had to come a time where somebody took the initiative to do this, and I'm very happy that it was you and the members of the board, uh, Xavier, because we need it. Uh, here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, and, and Joe's out in West Virginia, so we do our fair share of coverage of East Coast, West Coast, national, international. But at the end of the day, yours truly is based here in KC. So I think that an entity such as the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame for the Midwest has to exist because there are so many people that have contributed to this business that won't ever be, like you said, in the WWE Hall of Fame. So do me a favor, and we'll talk a little bit about, more about you here in just a moment. Tell us a little bit more about some of the people that have been inducted, besides Searcher, since you guys started uh, the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Well, first of all, I just want to say you're 100% correct. I mean, there are so many people that deserve the honor that year after year, you know, we'll, we'll get together and we'll vote and we'll get our final list of guys to come in, and then we go, oh, crap, we forgot this guy, you know, or this guy. <laughs> you know, sh- this guy <laughs> should have been in years ago. You know, what are we thinking? Uh, there's just so many people that deserve that honor. I mean, here we are. It's, you know, we started the class of 2015, and now we're on the – this year will be the class of 2019 that we're inducting here on February 1st. And, you know, guys like Herb. You know, Herb Simmons is going in now. Um, he, arguably, he could have been one of the first classes, you know. So it's just – I just want to let everybody know, for all you guys out there listening that are putting in the time and the effort and and, and doing the work, we're going to get to you. <laughs> it's just we can only conduct so many per year, and there's so many people that deserve it. Um, you know, I just – we've inducted uh, Tony Costa. You know, he went in last year. Um, another another name that should have should have probably could have been sooner. But you just – there's just so many people you're trying to get to. Um, Gary Jackson, um, Brian James. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, we've actually had two members from our 2016 class um, – pass away in the last year so it, it's just been rough you know um losing big bad ben and hollywood stud um not having them around at the hall of fame this year is going to be uh, you know something new for us to try to deal with as, as we go on through this process well I, I can imagine that's very much the case and you know, I, I, I guess I would be remiss uh, because I do follow and, and I do 
have a high level of respect for for what you guys are doing over there. There there are just and I don't know what the, the the rest of the induction list you'll have to go over that with us for 2019 is I know Herb is on there and a few others, but if I may, and this may be a little forward, I have a couple of names that I would like to throw out there for consideration. Is that okay? Absolutely, are you, are you absolutely. Cool yes, remind right. us, so, please. <laughs> okay, well, well, hey, so friends and family of the Wrestle Talk podcast, grab your notebooks because these are names that you want to make sure that you write down. Okay. I'm going to start off over the St. Louis area, which I know that uh, you'll probably be a little bit more familiar with. Right off the bat, I think of Gateway Championship Wrestling and what that meant to St. Louis pro wrestling scene. So I know you can't really induct a whole promotion, so so I understand, Mm -hmm. but I would say that if you're going to induct anybody – I'm sorry, go ahead. What would you say? Uh, Absolutely. I agree with you. Okay. Um, I, I would definitely love to nominate uh, Jim and Crystal Young, um, who are now in charge of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Mikaze, uh, who was on the show with us a couple of weeks ago. He's been in the business for a long time, also known as Sadie Blaze. Uh, I would love to nominate um, guys like Dan Walsh, uh, Shorty Biggs, Outcast. Uh, shoot, even Luke Roberts, who does a tremendous job contributing here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, a guy who formerly known as the Disco Kid, uh, ring announcer, uh, referee, basically a social media savant. Um, there's just so many uh, names. And then you go down that list a little bit further to, to maybe the next generation, you, you start talking about the Matt Jacksons of the world, right, and, and everything that St. Louis Anarchy is doing. Um, it, it, it just, you have a very tough job is what I'm saying, Xavier. Uh, <laughs> there are just so yeah. many great names out there that you can make a very incredible argument for, but just those first five that I named off, I think need to be in very serious consideration very, very soon. Uh, and then from our side, you start talking about, uh, and, and this is a nickname I gave him, maybe not everyone agrees with this, but I, I think the heavyweight Husky, Derek Stone. It's somebody that needs to be considered. Uh, Jeremy Wyatt, uh, Michael Schreider, uh, Mark Sterling, Darian Sanders from the St. Joseph, Kansas City area are, are guys that need to be thought about. I'm sure you get this stuff all the time, so I know you're, <laughs> I know you're not bothered by it. But, no, man, no. oh, man, <laughs> I do not envy you whatsoever because no matter how many people you put in every year, Xavier, I'm sure that you're going to have critics that are like, oh, really? How come WPW is getting guys in? And how come SICW and, MMA, and MMWA guys are getting in, but Dynamo guys aren't getting in, and, and Anarchy guys? I mean, it's got to be a – and we receive a lot of scrutiny here on the show because of who we don't and don't cover. But your deal is complete. It's like on a whole other level, and it sounds like a very difficult job, but I respect you guys for doing what you're doing because – Every selection you've made so far, in my opinion, has been a home run, including with the class of 2019. Yeah, it, there's no doubt it's difficult. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Gateway. Uh, once once a guy gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, um, he actually gets a vote on on the next 
class, you know, um, and going forward on, on all the rest of the classes going forward. That's awesome. You know, once I really yeah, love once that. you're in the Hall of Fame, you get you get to vote on who else goes in, and um, you know, losing Big Bad Ben, you know, this past year, uh, you know, you mentioned Gateway. That that you know that was a blow. You know, that's if you want to talk Gateway Championship Wrestling, that's Big Bad Ben. You know, so, you know, they kind of lost the voice there. So it's good to hear some of those names, you know. Uh, although Dan Walsh, who's a, who's a friend of mine, oh, I'd never hear the end of it if I put him in too soon. We're going to have to wait on that one. <laughs> By the way, he is just a certified badass all the way around. Great comedian, great wrestler, great entertainer. Uh, we love we love Dan here on the Oh, I got, some, I got some Dan Walsh stories. If you ever want to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the place, Day. Spill the tea, as they say. We, we'd we love to hear one. I, I, I'll tell you one. All right, we, a bunch of us were out drinking one night. Big surprise. <laughs> and and Dan, <laughs> Dan was staying the night at my house. And he Dan was loaded. He passed out in the car before we ever got him back here. Carried him downstairs to my basement. And laid him down to sleep. He wakes up at like five in the morning, throwing things, yelling and screaming, until he finally realized. Until we finally started yelling at him, got him calmed down. We're like, Dan, what's the problem? He goes, I don't know where I was. I thought I was in a dungeon. <laughs> he thought he had been kidnapped and put and put in someone's dungeon. <laughs> Because he managed to wander his way into an unfinished part of my basement <laughs> and didn't know how to get out. <laughs> so, but that's fantastic. I bro. mean, they, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of stories like that <laughs> that you could go on about that guy. So that that that's that's very very cool, man. Very very cool. Um, what I can tell you is. That as much as we love to hear about everything that you're doing uh, with the, the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, I am curious because this is your first time as one of our guests. Uh, I know Joe asked you about the origins of pro wrestling, uh, your origins, like how you got into the business. Maybe you can uh, share with us, if, if you don't mind, uh, some of your career highlights, uh, some of the people you've been able to face, some of your memorable rivalries, some of the promotions that you worked in. Uh, I know uh, those things are just as, as important to you as the Hall of Fame is because you put 20 years of your life into the business. So could you maybe give us a little bit of insight to some of the things you've been able to do as a competitor in the sport of professional wrestling? Sure. Um, well, I got, like I said, I got my start with Midwest Powerhouse Wrestling um, back in the day. Uh, as far as, you know, local promotions go, Wrestle for them, uh, Full Throttle Wrestling, uh, World Powerhouse Wrestling. I'm doing some stuff with American Championship Wrestling now. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the local scene. I, I've traveled all across, you know, the country. Rampage, right? Here. You've also worked for Rampage. I actually, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I I worked with Rampage for a little bit, a couple shows here and there. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, we've, I've traveled all over the country. Uh, Scar, me and Scar broke into the business together. 
and usually he would be the one that would book it for us. <laughs> hey, I got this show <laughs> coming up. Well, okay. Let's go, bro. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't go out looking for too much work. I usually just get the phone call and go, yep, all right. But, uh, no, as far as, uh, you know, some career highlights, obviously, you know, training with Dan Severn and and, and getting to work with him it was always a plus. Um, <laughs> one time we uh, brought in Rick Steiner and uh, we had – he put me through a table, kind of. Well, let me let me explain. Let me explain. Uh, I was not I was not in the match with Rick Steiner, but I was on the outside of the ring when we had this big schmoz, and uh, I walk around the corner and there's there's the dog faced grim one staring right at me. I went, oh boy, here we go, and. Uh, he throws me up on. He comes at me and hits me. Throws me up on his shoulder and he, you know, he goes, "How you feel about going through a table?" I said, "Sure." I mean, like I had a choice at that point, right? <laughs> well, he takes me over next to the guardrail, and it's not a wooden table. It's one of these, you know, white plastic tables you see at the garage sales and whatnot. Yes. He proceeds to throw me onto that. Well, that did not break. But what happened was, at the time, my 220-pound body hits that hits the table and flies over the guardrail into the front row. That was uh, – and all I was laying there was like, well, that was kind of neat. <laughs> as, as I'm laying there on the – laying, laying in some guy's lap in the front row going, huh. Didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> Yo, Rick Steiner was a freaking tank, dude. Uh, dude, yes, absolutely. That guy, that guy is no joke. Um, wow, I can't lose that. That was probably 2005. You're talking, <laughs> that was probably 14 years ago. That's when so that happened. awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, plastic well, tables the, probably aren't going to break, so, just... Rule of thumb for anybody listening out there. You got to got to get that wood uh, that uh, that particle board table ready, boys. You got to ready that thing up if you want things to to go the right way. Well, listen, I I, I did have another question for you, and uh, sure. And thanks a lot, John, checking in uh, from Virginia. Um, love the stories from the guests. Their stories are the best. Thank you very much, man, for supporting us. Uh, John Haas, you are the man. I love you, brother. Thank you for being here. Um, so back to you, Xavier. Here's kind of the, the next thing that kind of came into mind. And to me, it's this. When you look around the pro wrestling scene in our area, I know you guys are focused on, you know, you're a 20-year vet. You're looking at the Hall of Fame and, and the, the people that you guys are looking to induct. Tell me a little bit about the next crop. How closely do you watch the up-and-coming talent in the Midwest? And is there anybody up to this point, maybe within the last year or two, that's caught your attention? Um, actually, yeah, there is. Uh, you know, you do watch the next guys because you're always, you're always going, okay, you know, how much longer do I have before I got to hand this off to somebody? 
Um, so you're always looking for the next group of guys that that's going to step up. And, you know, there's uh, out of Kansas City, you know, I, off the top of my head, uh, Hollis Jerome, Johnny Rocco, um, Aaron Clay. You know, those three guys have got something going on. In my opinion, I, th- I think they're, they're the next to really rise to the top. And they're, you know, they work Kansas City. They come to St. Louis. They're back and forth all the time. Um, uh, you know, locally, you know, there there's several guys locally. <laughs> there's probably more than I can think of. Um, I hate naming names on questions like That's this because then you're like, oh, man, I left this guy out. He's going to call me here in a minute. Uh, you know. Uh, Alex Steele, Marcellus Knight, um, Victor Cortez is kind of already, you know, as far as in WPW, he's yeah, kind of already Vic, taken by over. The way, shout out to Vic. Vic has been a guest on the show, and I think we did like half the interview in Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Jonesy? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe was all sorts of pissed off. He's like, yeah, I don't understand. What? <laughs> yeah, shout well, out to let's Vic not do that. <laughs> You'll lose, you'll lose me pretty quick. <laughs> it was, it was no, no, all kidding aside, Victor Cortez was a great guest here on the show as well. Had to make sure that we shouted him out. Well, you know what, Xavier, I want to say this, and I appreciate you kind of uh, rattling the the, uh, the cobwebs, shaking the cobwebs a little bit there, trying to come up with some names. I know it's very difficult. And when you brought up the, the Kansas City guys, you know, what can I say? Uh, I've got an opportunity to watch a lot of those guys work on several occasions over at KCXW. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Um, you know, for me, it, it comes down to this. Um, guys like you are helping to bridge the gap between the previous generation and the current generation. And it's not just with the Hall of Fame. It's with your work. It's with, you know, the, the promoting and, and some of the, uh, the, the pro wrestling opportunities that you guys are able to give some of the young talent while still taking the time to recognize the legends of the game. I think it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I was so excited to speak with you because I'm like, wow, there's a guy, here's a guy who's been in the business for 20 years, understands the importance of the past and recognizing it, but also knows that there's, there's no pro wrestling unless we give the necessary opportunity and Avenue for the future and at the end of the day, we wouldn't have done 281 episodes if it wasn't for guys like you, uh, Xavier. So, brother, th- thank you. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, and, and, you know, without rushing this process, I want to bring Joe back in here with any potential final questions or thoughts that you might have before we get into the game show challenge. Jonesy, did you have anything else you wanted to uh, ask Mr. Frost about before we move into the closing segment? Oh man, you know it's just been such a such 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 a a honor to to have you into the uh, uh, on the uh, podcast tonight. I guess that my only last question would would be who would you like to see inducted into the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well, I tell you what, um, it seems like every guy. Uh, you know, I get I get a project guy, uh, you know, uh, uh, a guy that I'm like, God, why is this guy not in? And I, you know, I keep fighting for fighting and fighting and fighting until that guy gets in. Um, 
you know, that Brian James w- was the last name that, that I was like, man, why is Brian James not in the Hall of Fame? So I kept, I kept yelling at everybody voting until we got Brian James <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. Um, I tell you what, there is a guy that's been on my mind. Um, a guy, you know, he, he deserves it, and that's that's rough cut Rick Ruby. Um, that guy has been in the business for 20-plus years, um, complete professional inside and out. And that's that's my next that's my next uh, uh, bitch session, I guess you would you could say uh, when, <laughs> when we get together to vote is why is he not in, you know? So that's that's my next. That's uh, a great great goal. question, Joe. <laughs> there you go. That's a great there question. And, and Josie, I apologize, yeah. but I, I guess I'm going to jump in with one last one. Xavier, can you give us just a brief rundown? And we're going to talk, and here's here's kind of like the breaking news, right? We're going to talk to each inductee as they go in over the next several weeks to the Midwest Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, okay? We just talked to her, and uh, John Blackheart and everybody else is going to be coming uh, in, in the weeks uh, ahead, okay? So we're going to talk to each one of them. But if you if you don't mind, uh, Xavier, give us the full list of everybody who's being inducted for 2019 and maybe just a, a snippet about each one of them before we get into the game show challenge. Sure. Um, oh, my phone's starting out. Sorry, guys. Uh, obviously, Herb Simmons, um, we, you guys just talked to him. And obviously, Herb's a legend. Um, been in been in the sport for however long uh you can't say enough about her um, i do want to i do want to ask her next time i talk to him who exactly stepped up to andre the giant in a bar and wanted to find him that, that was, <laughs> that's like what kind of what kind of moron i don't care how much liquid courage you have who the hell is going to go man i can kick andre the giant's ass I don't think so, <laughs> but that's something we'll have to ask her some other time. Um, which, which, is why, which is why we always remind, which is why we always <laughs> remind the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast that crack is whack. <laughs> right. I'm just saying that's about the only explanation I have. <laughs> um, you got uh, John Blackheart going in. Um. Attila Khan, who used to, uh, when he started his career, was a drill instructor. Some people might know him as that. Um, but Attila Khan, uh, if you've seen him wrestle here lately, he's rather scary. <laughs> um, so he's he's had a long career. Uh, Al Stevens is going in. Uh, one Another guy that's going in is, in my opinion, pound for pound, the best actual rest, work work rate wise wrestler that I've ever been in the ring with, and I know plenty of people that will back me up on that, and that's Chico S. Loco. So he's going in, and then our legacy award winner is Guy Ramirez. Now, if you guys are familiar with the legacy award, that is for guys that have already passed away. Um. 
that we have one of those each year that we try to put in uh, just to honor the families and, and kind of let the families know what what these guys have meant to us throughout the year or years. So. Thank you for giving us that full breakdown, uh, Xavier. We, we we do appreciate it. And I want to let all the members of the WrestleTalk family know, whether you're out on the East Coast, the West Coast, you're watching in Mexico, Australia, which shout out to Australia. We have uh, about 6% of our listening audience is from Australia. Uh, blessings to you guys. About 4% is from Puerto Rico. Blessings uh, to you guys. We, we hope that everything works out for you and your family um, during this difficult time. Uh, all that said, and, and I really enjoyed our time together, but I heard, I got it on very good authority, uh, Xavier, that you have a very serious competitive bone in your body. So tonight, <laughs> since it is your first time here on the end, shout out to Dave Ruby, who just decided to pop in on the Facebook live feed. We love you, brother. Thank you for being here. Rough cuts in the house. I want to challenge you to tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. It's a little bit of a trivia, okay? okay? And I usually do very, very poorly. The question is, can the Night Owl go one-on-one? Can the Night Owl go one-on-one with Xavier Frost? Are you game? I'm game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Enter, Timmy. You know what to do, baby. Cue up the music as we get into tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is time once again for the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast. Can't, can't talk tonight. The Wrestle Talk Podcast Game <laughs> Show Challenge. Tonight's bout is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Tonight's contestants are the night of name Martinez and Xavier Foss. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two uh, out of the three falls will win tonight's game show challenge. In honor of our association with the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, tonight's category is entitled Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame Round 1. All of tonight's game show answers will be professional wrestlers who are in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, Texas. Remember, the first person to win two out of three falls will win tonight's game show challenge. So, for example, if I were to say, in 2007, this professional wrestler alongside Roddy Piper was inducted into... No. Were inducted as modern era entrants to the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Many people remember this man... For his three reigns as WWF Tag Team Champions, most people know him for his catchphrase and buying the WWF Championship from Andre the Giant. Teddy Biasi. Teddy Biasi would be correct, and Renee, since you answered first, you would have gotten a point for that. So now that you gentlemen know how the, the, the game show goes, are you gentlemen ready? Yes, sir. 
Okay, All right. So you give the clues. You give the clues, and as soon as we know the answer, we just shout it out, right? Yes. Okay, okay. gotcha. Yeah. I'm ready. Question number one. In 2002, this wrestler, alongside Andre the Giant, were the first two professional wrestlers of the modern era to enter the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. In the NWA slash WCW portion of his career, he won the World uh, Tag Team Championship. No. The Tag Team Championships, the Television Championships, the United States Championship, and the World Heavyweight Championship. In WWF, he held the WWF Intercontinental Championship. A 2009 member of the WWE Hall of Fame, he also wrestled the Macho Man at WrestleMania three. Ricky the Dragon. Oh, Ricky Steamboat. the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is correct. When they answered first, the night out gets the first point. All right. Well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it whoever uh-huh. starts saying it finishes first, or is it whoever starts first? Because I'm pretty sure I beat him on that. <laughs> No, I no, no, I got it. That was all me. Don't even try it, Frog. Don't all right, all right, all right. Well, I see you got you got home court advantage. I got you. All right, let's go. What are you talking go. about? <laughs> Girl, I was born in 1984. You totally got the beat on me. Question <laughs> number two. In 2003, this wrestler, alongside Nick Bockwinkel, was inducted as modern era entrance to the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. One of the most recognizable faces in the history of professional wrestling, trained by Hiro Masuda, this may have been on the count. No. This may have been on the countless world championships and main events. Let me tell you something, brother. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is correct. Xavier has gotten his first point. We have a tie, and it goes all the way down to this. Question number three. Half a second. In 2004, this late wrestler, alongside Terry Funk, was inducted as modern era entrance into the Hall of Fame. One of the toughest men to men to ever enter the fame. Holly Race is correct. The night out has yes. won the best. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Woo, so, well. so here it is. All right, I tell you what. I tell you what. Congratulations on the victory. It was a little tainted because I probably should have won two to two two to nothing on that. But, you cheated. Uh, they cheated. I tell you what. Just. It's pro. It's pro wrestling. There's going to be some controversy. We'll just have to do a rematch down the road. No, I would yeah. love to do a rematch down the road. But before we get there, enter Timmy. You know what to do, baby. Hit my music. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
of the Wrestle Talk family, all I can say is no better way to wrap up episode 281 than with a absolutely tremendous guest in Xavier Frost. Xavier, man, thank you so much for all of your contributions to the sport of professional wrestling, particularly here in the Midwest. You've got people from around the country that are listening to this show. I want to give you the opportunity to do two things. One, welcome you in as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family. And number two, tell people how they can keep up with you. Well, first of all, uh, thank, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, you can you can keep up with me. Uh, WPW is, is where my home promotion is right now, World Powerhouse Wrestling. Uh, you can find me on there. Like I said, I do a little moonlighting over at American Championship Wrestling. And uh, wherever else I may land, um, Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, it's open to all workers. If you come out, the price of admission is to bring some food. They do a potluck dinner that night. All you got to do is bring some food to get in. Um, doors open at four, uh, four o'clock. We start eating at five. Ceremony starts at six. Uh, we're inducted some great people this year, and I hope to see you guys out there. Yeah, no doubt. A huge shout out to uh, WPW, uh, bringing in a lot of guys from my uh, my part of uh, of the country. Jonesy, I, I really love them. Uh, they're bringing in Deke, Thick uh, Deke Hansen. Uh, they're bringing in A. Clay. They're bringing in Hollis Jarreau. Uh They're bringing in just a lot of great talent. Even their female talent is absolutely incredible right now. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, we had Victor Cortez on the show um, just a couple of weeks ago. Ashley Scott is a, a friend of the Russell Talk podcast. You guys got something special going on over there, brother. And, and honestly, we want to continue to be a part of it here on the Russell Talk podcast. So thank you very much. And you are more than welcome to come back in 2020 and get your rematch against the Night Owl. And that's Night Owl with a K, by the way, rough cut Rick Ruby. Okay? It's night, like with a K, right? Not with an S. Hey, 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 right. wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you take it easy on rough cut Rick Ruby. I guarantee you that guy's a future Hall of Famer. No, I know that about it, and it's nothing but respect. That's why I talk trash from a distance. <laughs> if he was in the same room as there me, you bro, go. I, wouldn't, I don't get the man some coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I right. got some Rick Ruby stories for you, too. So down the road, we'll have to hit those up. <laughs> you got it, brother. Hey, consider it an appointment, man. You have yourself a great night, man. Thank you for joining us on episode 281 no of the Russell Talk Podcast. Thank you. And good night. Jonesy, final thoughts before we close out tonight's show, man. Oh, my goodness. It's been spectacular. What are your thoughts? Oh, man, it's been absolutely an amazing night. We told everybody that you needed to tune into this episode. We told everybody. I mean, we had, we had uh, you know, uh, Hope Simmons coming on and, and you know, and Jeff. Uh, 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 I can't think tonight. I can't think. They freaking destroyed it tonight. That that was awesome. We had people talking about couches, uh, and then we had the the uh, Xavier Frost team came on, and you know it was just a great, great, great night. It was absolutely amazing, and this is why we do the Russia Talk podcast for nights like this. 
That's right, and we're only getting started because we have the Royal Rumble watch party happening at eSports the same night as Royal Rumble, 5 o'clock over at eSports Bar in Shawnee, Kansas. Uh, I got some news about Royal Alliance Wrestling dropping next week. Make sure you guys tune in. Um, I wanted to make sure that I gave uh, some real quick shout-outs. By the way, we're going to be talking about Leo D uh, next week in his retirement. I know it's something near and dear to my heart. Um, but I wanted to make sure, and sorry, guys, I'm, I'm going to take a, just a quick second to pull this up. Um, just as far as my area, Jonesy, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of look up your stuff. Uh, so this Saturday night uh, at the Race Wrestling Arena, okay, WLW is having an absolutely fantastic show. Uh, you know, you guys know where it's at, right? It's over in Troy. Uh, that's 198 Cherry Blossom Way in Troy, Missouri. Make sure you look them up. This Friday, uh, Zello Pro versus Journey Pro. Uh, show's called Kingdom Come. It's this Friday night over at Kansas Hall. Uh, obviously, um, you guys have probably already heard the show for KCXW this past Friday was canceled due to the inclement weather, but they are going to be back on February 14th. Uh, with Enchantment, uh, that's going to be a great, absolutely fantastic show. And um, at the end of the day, if it wasn't for eSports, King Cade, the Conspiracy Farm, and Rap Bum Engraving, and most importantly, the members of the WrestleTalk family, we would not be here. Special shout-out to the folks in the FWWC. I'm sorry that we didn't make it to the segment tonight. It just got a little bit crazy here on the WrestleTalk podcast for episode 281. But... The FWWC tonight will be back on Friday and tomorrow on the page at uh, roughly lunchtime, or if not, right around 5. We're still trying to figure that out. We will find out after a whole year of competing which brand, red or blue, won the heated FWWC brand battle, man. I cannot wait. The action continues. As far as your boy goes, I will be at XWE on January 25th and... If you're wondering where I'm going to be long-term, I'm going to be at the CAC with my man Nightmare Jones, Drake Lee, Jay Hollywood, Luke Roberts. We're all going to Cauliflower Alley Club in Las Vegas at the end of April. Be there or be square, baby. Jonesy, why don't you go ahead and close us out and hit us with a banger as far as music goes to close out the show. All right, here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Till next week, peace.